Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now entering Nerdist.com. Tiffany drums. Yeah, a lot of timpani drums. A bell. Yeah. Darling, I'm killed. I'm in a puddle on the floor. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Or you are the puddle. No, her vagina is so wet. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> Matt. It's early in the morning. Come on. That's how it goes with James Bond. Oh, yeah. How you tease, how you leave me. Let's set the scene. It's 1997, right? Mm-hmm. That was the year of the women in music. Lilith Fair was a big deal. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, there it is. I, I love the song. I know you do. Joe Crow. They said, hey, why don't you do our song? Because every day is a winding road. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the Bond theme songs, you know, sex appeal is so important. And, I mean, you know... When you think female singers that give me a boner, Sheryl Crow obviously jumps to the top of the list. <laughs> Raw sexuality, I think, I've is never, what she gives yeah, off. Yeah, never, who, who at that time she jumps would have been very much to the bottom of the list? If we're actually, <laughs> if we're actually making yeah. a list, I'm not a huge fan of this song, but maybe I, I like Sheryl Crow all right. I guess, but it is an odd choice, right? I mean, it it is. I mean, I think right. It's like guys. I just set the scene for you, telling you how it's not an odd choice. Again, 1997. <laughs> well, Lilith and you're Fair. saying your Wasn't other options like, were Sarah McLaughlin, Sarah McLaughlin, Lisa Loeb, Fiona Apple. This was Gwen a Stefani early for Fiona. Fiona Apple. No, this was it? the year of title. This is really? the year of her bonkers uh, oh speech God. at uh, she the VMAs. Been good. She, she would have been great. Tori Amos, I think, could have sang uh, it, turned us on, and then made us feel bad for being turned <laughs> on. I think would be the Tori Amos version When of is this. Sixpence None the Richer going to get a Bond song? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jordan Morris joining Hi, us today for, what do we call this? Tomorrow Never Dies. Listen, I didn't just roll out of bed again. Tomorrow Never Dies. That's right. I love this. I love this movie. I'm the only one. <laughs> listen, listen, can I just say, can I open with something? Yes, go. Okay, look, I noticed a couple of people have written in or tweeted or whatever saying, why would I tune in to listen to a Bond podcast about two guys that don't like the movies? And I think that's a valid criticism, but I want to defend it. We love these movies. Yes, we do. Even when we don't like them, my point is, 
The worst day Brosnaning is better than the best day Schwarzeneggering, if that makes sense. This is all a, a, a relative criticism, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I'm not a fan of the Brosnans, and but I still love these movies. However, this is the worst one. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're going you're, worst. You're saying no. worst. Yeah. You, whoa, worst whoa, is my worst Bond movie. Least or worst Bond movie of all. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. What the I'm fuck glad, are you talking about? I'm glad I could be here on, yeah, on, on a yeah. day where, where I, passions are in flame. Yeah, I, I will defend this throughout the podcast. How, I how can you say that? We, we have been through Die Another Day mm-hmm. and the world is not enough yeah. together. And I've said this before. Because Die Another Day has so much to not like, it's fun. I, I love when they go big or go home. So yes, when they when they make huge missteps, it's more fun than this just this weird... To me, this is kind of down-the-road mediocrity, middle-of-the-road, just garden-variety I think Yeah, I, I, think that's a, I think that's a fair criticism, and I think you can see that a lot, you know, that same phenomenon at work a lot in the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, yeah. The most fun of those are the ones where they go for broke, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's super bonkers, yeah. and you're, you know, you're Tokyo Drifts, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, you know... I haven't seen it, but I'm prepared to take your word on that. I, really I think am. Tokyo Drift is the Tomorrow Never Dies of that. the Fast and yeah. Furious franchise. Yeah. this is. I'm very interested in why okay. you dislike this movie so much. I feel like the, of the of the, of the the Bond movies of from the era of 85 to current, well, to, let's say, let's say to 2004. Pre-Craig. Yeah. I feel like this is the most James Bondian, mm. the most formulaic yeah. James Bond movie. My my problem comes with the tone, and we've talked about this before. So, uh, Roger Moore's films had some tonal issues, and but they were mostly all kind of lighthearted camp. And then he'd occasionally slap a woman, and you'd go, "Ooh, gross." This one seems to fluctuate like almost half and half. So with Paris Carver's death, it's really asking you to take it seriously. And then you cut to Elliot Carver and he's just, what is going on with this guy? <laughs> and people seem to like him as a villain and I don't know what it is. I like I him a lot. You know what? Here's the thing about here's the thing about the villain is, I mean, and obviously this is just having a modern perspective, but I pity him <laughs> because his plan is based around what are the three tenets of his plan? Newspapers, yep. magazines, yep. and television. It's yes. so unengaging. James Bond for me. didn't have to take this guy down. He just yes. needed to wait five years for the internet to do it. <laughs> like this guy, oh. he could have maybe have ruled the world from 1997 to 2002. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. just the Huffington yeah. Post would have destroyed him. I just feel like the writers went, let's not think of a story, let's think of something that's current. You know, and and just ah, I don't know the whole news thing and the, the ridiculousness that he could get away with m- murdering people and causing a war just so he could sell papers. It's just too preposterous. Well, here, here's, the, here's also the thing that I like about the villain yeah. is he is not secret about his evil. <laughs> I know. But the first time we see him at that party, <laughs> he's basically confessing to what he's doing, but on a smaller scale. He's at a party and he's like, well, surely I didn't invent mad cow disease just to shame a beef magnate who lost to me in poker. And everyone's laughing. He's basically, you know, he's, he's confessing to a smaller crime yeah. that's the exact crime. Yeah. Though. Yeah, and it's and it's delivered as if a punchline has just been said in yeah. a party. You come in and oh, oh. Yeah, you would think that his public face would be one of like you know moral impeccability. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, he's fine being seen as evil in public. Yes, I I remember this is Glenn Ebert review of this movie, and I remember Gene Siskel uh, taking my side and saying that they really enjoyed the villain in this movie. Mm. <laughs> 
Well, think of it. He's like a Ted Turner, Steve Jobsian kind of Rupert Murdoch more than anybody. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Probably that's exactly where that came from. Although yeah. I think, I think, I mean, I think, I, you know, I, I think the the actor was certainly having a lot of fun. Jonathan <laughs> sure Price was. only sure. has fun in movies. Sure was. Uh, I, but I think they're the two unsung villains of this are the are the German torture fellas. Oh, that he beats up in the room. Oh, wait, are you talking about uh, Vincent Chiavo? Uh, I'm that talking guy? about the, the I'm talking about the uh, the henchman and uh, Doctor yeah. Kaufman. Yeah, I thought I thought. Uh, By the, the way, Doctor Kaufman scene was terrific, legitimately terrific. terrific. Ter- I loved it too. Didn't belong in this movie. You no, didn't, yeah, I, yeah. the tone of that scene yeah. didn't fit anything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and that the blonde, sexy Ted, ha- Ted Haggard looking guy, Stamper. He look, you know that Reverend Ted Haggard. He looks like him. He's got a weird sort of eye problem. Yes, and I like, yeah, I like how they dress him like an you know East Coast crew team yes. wasp. He has all these like tight sweaters. He's great. I loved those. Yeah. Two. By the way, very funny. Did you, I watched some uh, special features on the movie, and when that guy is talking, so much more feminine. Really? In life, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. They're so clearly trying to make him a Red Grant. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. Uh, from Russia with love, but we we we're ahead of ourselves. We, Let's we jump in. Start with with asking you, yeah. Jordan. Yeah, about your 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 life uh, growing up with James Bond. Did well, you were you a fan or? What? Uh, so here here was my relationship to Bond when I was. Uh, of the age that one is when one gets into Bond. When mm-hmm. I was... Two months? When I was two months old, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, when you're supposed to get into James Bond. Suckling at the teeth of Fleming. Exactly. Fleming. Right. Uh, you know, when I was, you know, 11 through 15, mm-hmm. my favorite movies were your blood sports, your kickboxers. Oh, sure, 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 yeah. Sure. Uh, your yeah, your commandos. Yeah. So when my dad would rent a James Bond movie and say like, "Now, oh, you like action movies? You'll love this." <laughs> I was bored no, to tears. Yeah. I specifically yeah. remember watching Goldfinger with him uh-huh. and just thinking to myself, "They're playing golf. <laughs> Half of this movie is golf." And and just really not understanding it. Really seemed to me like the product of another age, and specifically, um. Uh, more specifically of like British stuff people try and push on you so I I put this in the same camp as like Babar and Paddington oh, and, uh, and like other yeah, boring British little, stuff people yes, think kids should I like I see what you're saying yeah yeah uh, so it was really it was kind of not till later not till college so it was touch I, and go for a while for it you. was yeah. touch and go yeah yeah <laughs> could have easily you not know. happened yeah but, but thank god it did um, but yeah but I definitely uh, so when you get to college what uh, what was the what was the Bond movie that came out re-watching Goldfinger oh okay and mm. going like oh no this is a great Great, really fun movie. Yeah. I mean, despite the golf, there's a yeah. lot of you know, <laughs> there there's too golf. much golf. And uh, yeah, I mean, I went to see uh, Goldeneye in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas '95, thirteen, and mm, went to right. see every movie in every theater. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and certainly played a lot of Goldeneye on N64. Oh, of course. If I'm being honest, that's maybe the Bond property that uh, I feel the most connection. A to. A lot of people, do. yeah, yeah. That uh, game is so good. I, you know, did I've, you ever play it? I never played it when it. Well, I yeah, I played it once or twice when it was out, but I just didn't have a console. I at loved. The time. I loved that you could. Yeah. There were you could play as Odd Job Jaws. Yeah. Uh, who else is in that? Uh, I feel like Oddjob and Jaws were the two. You, oh, Alec Trevelyan, obviously, you could play as uh, Russian soldier. Yeah, you could play. Random you Russian could play soldier. as what? You could play as a uh, Dra- uh, Draco from um, not Draco. What the fuck is the guy's Moonraker's villain's name? Drax. Drax. Oh, you could play well, as Drax oh, too. Wow. 
Oh wow! Yeah, we. I know people want us to do an episode based on the video games, so maybe we should we should dig all those out and sure. have a roll through. Let's do it. Yeah. Most of them are very bad, though, right? Yeah. Yes, the newer yeah, yeah, ones yeah. Are, are, are particularly bad. Yeah. yeah, although Bloodstone's pretty good. Yeah, I played that. Yeah, yeah. I might argue that GoldenEye is not a terrific game, but the the thing about GoldenEye that people liked was it was the first time on a console you could do multiplayer yeah. death yeah. matches. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I know. Remember they had GoldenEye HD come out. Uh, yes, two years which ago. I own. Yeah, right. and I, I, you know, I was super nostalgic and was really excited when that came out and popped it in. And I'm like, oh, FPSs have gotten a lot better. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. have really got. This has a lot of problems. But it was, it's kind of interesting. I mean, if you, I recommend like if you're listening and you, and I guarantee you can get it for like ten bucks somewhere. Yeah, the I think you can even download it. For, yeah, uh, uh, but get it. It's kind of fun. Okay. It's kind of fun watching a watch it like being in the world. Of uh, GoldenEye, but with like the graphics of today. Well, the graphics of the five graphics years, of seven years five ago. Five years ago, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I had a Commodore sixty four. As did I, my <laughs> friend. Uh, as did okay, I, my good. friend. I'm glad to hear. And they had... that sounds like a Bond villain, Commodore sixty four. <laughs> they had Commodore sixty four, <laughs> a Spy Who Loved Me game for the Commodore sixty four uh... that I had, and I. You could. You, do you remember Yar's Revenge for Atari? Yeah, you sure. just you had no concept of what yeah. was happening on the screen. <laughs> the graphics were not good. Yar's enough Revenge to and Robotron Twenty Twenty Four, also another game uh, that's incomprehensible. Yes, because the graphics aren't good enough to represent anything recognizable. Right. So there was. Ju- it was just you're in a land of a million boxes. Yeah. A lot of text input, right? Well, it wasn't. It was actually the Lotus underwater trying to get to it, the Atlantis dome of, yeah. of Stromberg. So you could make it out, but it, it just was, it wasn't great. But I, you know, I was a big fan of the, yeah. just play that music over and over. The uh, I enjoyed the Ghostbusters Commodore 64 mm. game. Mm. I played that quite a bit. Yeah. Those big floppy disks. <laughs> Mine was a cartridge. I didn't even have a disk drive. Oh, no? We, we didn't have a disk drive, and my dad, my stepdad had a cassette memory mm. device. Do you remember that? And it would yeah, work. Yeah, we maybe, had that, too. Maybe 60% yeah. of the time it worked, and it took, like, 40 minutes to memorize a program, and so uh, he wouldn't let me use it. Anyway. Our, the, uh, <laughs> the monitor from the Commodore 64... I uh, oh, you I, had a monitor. I had to use our TV. <laughs> well, we had a monitor, and uh, it it lived long enough for that to become my television in my bedroom <laughs> through high school. <laughs> yeah, you could do worse. It was it was pretty good. <laughs> like was me, good. I didn't even have a monitor. <laughs> uh, so tomorrow never dies. Had you seen it? Uh, yeah, I I remember going to see it in the theaters. Good, in, in good move. Because your choices that winter were Titanic. Yeah. on mm. forty screens. That's why I didn't see <laughs> tomorrow never dies or Spice World. I vividly remember this movie theater time of my life. See, yeah, you you saying those three movies have now just solely or or just soundly put me back into a relationship I was in at the time because yeah. I think I went to see Titanic. Yeah, but I, this is the only Bond movie I haven't seen in the theater since Octopussy. Oh my God! Why? Yeah. You, how did you miss this? I think I saw Goldeneye, and I know that I know this is blasphemous to some people. It just was like, mm, and I'm not buying this Brosnan, and it didn't go back. You are fucked up in the head right now because i'm gonna correct you on why this is the greatest james bond movie <laughs> ever made of the 90s <laughs> oh boy we got we're gonna have words now the 90s jordan we 2000s. we 
in uh, surprisingly, our Bond favorites and disfavorites, disfavorites, disfavorites. I just woke up. <laughs> they they line up pretty well. Yep. This is really this the is only biggest, one. Where this we're, is our I know, biggest and I, disagreement. And it's, it's funny. I've 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 been listening to the show. I've been enjoying it very Thank much. Thank you very much. Uh, it, it's it's a favorite of uh, your household. pop culture happy hours. Glenn Weldon. <laughs> oh yes. oh uh, yeah, podcast tastes I trust. Yes, uh, and so. Um, so yeah, I, I I've heard this movie come up in other podcasts where this movie is not the topic, and I got really excited. I'm like, oh good, I get to be there on the day where they disagree. It, it's here, it's yep. here. Uh, so let's let's jump into this thing, right? Okay. Let's let's roll. Let's let's tomorrow right. never dies. It all right. Tomorrow notes or dies. Tomorrow never notes. Oh, is what right. I got. Okay. Did you name your notes? Oh. No. I okay. Didn't. <laughs> this little oh, notepad guys, you have, this though. I'm sorry. I'm this sorry. notepad looks. Do you want I feel me to like leave? You, what do you got? You got a so, you got a soft moleskin there? It got a uh, got a field note. Oh, I nice. got one of those. Nice. Field, field notes. Yeah. Are it's good. Nice. Uh, malleable. Yeah. Yep. In the back pockets yep. really well. I like that a lot. Bend it. Uh, all right. Let's talk. I'm about... sorry, I didn't name the notes. So, do you guys just want to get Howard Kramer in here or something? <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> I have. Leave. <laughs> you live by the Grove. You die by the Grove. <laughs> oh, Howard, I love Howard. Uh, okay, so here oh, we. I go. thought you were saying that because you know I live by the Grove. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Are we very close neighbors? I think we are. Oh my God, we'll Fair, talk about it. Fairfax and Blackburn. Wow. Oh, you're on that side. I'm on the La Brea nah. side. Fairfax and Blackburn. Uh, okay, guys, it's very important. We open up with the gun barrel sequence. Mm-hmm. Which I believe is reshot for this movie. Okay. The only thing I wrote when that happened was a little on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, film quality, I think, is odd looking. He, there's a yellow tinge to him really? that I don't enjoy. Uh, but then we open up on uh, Cold Open. Yeah, t- for an arms bazaar. An arms bazaar. Come one, come In all. quotes. Yeah. As though there were flyers passed out. Uh, the, yes, he already <laughs> all the already terrorists. The very first thing Sunday you could watch. Sunday Farmer's Market. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Saturday Arms Bazaar. The uh, mm-hmm. there are a lot of, lot of chatter happening in MI6. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, don't you mean a lot of really heavy-handed exposition? Yes. That's the other thing is the script is the exposition is so horrible. It's so. But people ha- didn't know what the fuck GPS was then. But oh, still, the, the, every time the wor- the 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 acronym GPS comes as it comes up here, people say it with such relish. People GPS, are like, global your, positioning satellite. Your your car is equipped with you know rockets, the latest defense technologies, and GPS tracking system. All in all, I keep always I always go into John Cleese as R, but the Arms Bazaar. Let's, I want to hear a little bit of oh, the... Oh, it's even better. What yeah. is it? A I think terrorist the, I think instead bizarre. of an arms bazaar, bizarr- they should just call it like a MacGuffin garage sale. Yes. A, what what a other kind of arms bazaar is there? Like, get your MacGuffins here. Uh, terrorist arms <laughs> Meaning, bazaar. Meaningless tech boxes. <laughs> By the way, the location they give us, on the Russian border. <laughs> oh. Uh, so, a terrorist arms bazaar. Katie, I'm going to play something on here. Are we good to... Okay, here we go. Now, what we're seeing is a camera in the snow. Very, very James Bond, the thing you would expect to see. Sure, sure, whatever. And uh, we got, who's, who's got this camera? Oh, it's MI6. <laughs> that not, guy, not the most Ricky in, J. Not the most inconspicuous camera in the Yeah, world. no, I know. It's, but... <laughs> it's also the loudest servo yeah. motor in history. <laughs> and here we are in MI6. Position on the center camera. It's not even, like, under anything. It's just sticking like up in the supermarket. snow. <laughs> Chinese Long March Scud. Panther AS-565 attack helicopter, 
a pair of Russian mortars, and the crates look like American rifles. Chilean mines, German explosives, fun for the whole family. Jesus. <laughs> IDs. <laughs> the white knife. Show us the pawns. You see, he did get through, Admiral. Start with that chap in the middle. Load the ID. Database ID search. I, for, I had forgotten about the Tokyo subway attack until... Satoshi Isagura. Oh, right. The, what is that? Yeah, the what is that a reference to? I thought they were just... It was a real thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That seems in bad taste. I guess, yeah. That's what I'm saying about the tone of this movie. American. Hey, I'm Admiral Jowls. I love this, this guy. This, this bit of color commentary. That he used to be a super lefty and now, <laughs> now he sells his politics up, for cash. Straight up terrorist. <laughs> so uh, we're at the we're at the we're at MI6 uh, base of operations, right? Uh-huh. Which is something I enjoy seeing in a James Bond movie. You know what sure. I liked about this and kind of something I wanted to see more of is them taking shots at other countries' secret organizations. Mm. I like them talking about like, do you think the CIA would be angry about this? Do you think they'll be angry? They lost it or we angry that they we found it i like that i would like to see a like a cocktail party where all the secret organizations get together and just are <laughs> shitty to each other uh the that'd be fun that'd be fun i'd go to that cocktail party <laughs> uh so of course we're seeing our our non our, our what do we call ricky jay's character he, he a, he's not, he's a, not henchman, a henchman exactly right he's that i think he's just a just a the tech, hacker just the tech a, guy. like yeah, the, the, the 90s He's movie like the hacker. blonde guy in, uh, or he's like the black guy, rather, in Die Hard. Okay. The, you know, the guy that hacks the computer yeah. system for them. And... But the, his Bond an analogous character would be like, uh, um, in Die Another Day, that weird blonde-looking doctor, or or for Zorin in View to a Kill, the old German yeah. doctor. There's always like some German kind of mentor. Here's, where they, here's the missed opportunity yeah. with Ricky Jay in this movie. He's not doing any close-up magic. He's not doing any close-up magic. Yeah. He's also not hurling cards at someone's but head. But there is a deleted them. scene, right, of that. Is there? I believe so. <gasps> Oh my god. Yeah, I was going to say I I mean, I am a big Ricky Jay fan. I mm-hmm. like his NPR commentaries sure. a lot. I think those yeah. are insightful. I like his little exhibit at the Museum of Jurassic Technology. I am a Ricky Jay fan. Sure, me too. I think I know where you're going with this. He looks like he doesn't know how to be in a movie. He does. <laughs> he looks like he's not he sure that he's in a movie. <laughs> yeah. And or when the camera is He's rolling. acting with the disinterest that the waitress's lead singer lady sang. Look at Rick, if you're watching this movie after this podcast or before, or before that'd be the wise decision. <laughs> yes, watch Ricky Jay and then just listen to his voice and realize that there's no way those are the two same people. You know, it's funny. I heard that. Uh, oh, he, does he get over? No, he doesn't. I'm no. just saying his actual voice All does the... not in any way match with his. His, his uh, he had a little part in oh gosh the Christian Bale Hugh Jackman magician movie yeah the uh, oh yeah the, the prestige. prestige and I guess he was famously overdubbed for that because they thought his voice was too weird it is weird really yeah so I, I think, did not I think wow. when you watch that movie that is not Ricky Jay's voice and I think he's famously angry about it that oh. did not strike me as a as a thing watching his him but I've seen him speak so many times that mm-hmm. I just always have associated just, that there's with something his voice. odd like there's something oddly contemporary like he almost sounds like a young woman or something just in his his um well, we're never gonna get him on our close-up magic podcast that's now. true you ruined it i'm sorry <laughs> so can i say that though I, maybe you I, can I, get him on your uh circus sideshow podcast though <laughs> i hope so also something he's an expert in by the way bond does something here in this movie pierce brosnan's james bond in his armani uh, leather jacket uh he so here's the deal, guys. Let's set the stage for the viewer uh, or listener, rather, uh, assuming they haven't viewed the movie. James Bond is there. He's at this terrorist arms bazaar on the Russian border. 
and he is uh he's gotta he's gotta make sure that they are... first Sunday of every month, by the way. So what? Uh, here's my question. Yeah. You know what I like about going to the terrorist bazaar <laughs> is you get your Scud missiles and they're fresh. Yeah, yeah. They're fresh. Uh, There's not pesticides uh, on them. No, and don't even get me started about some of the vintage RPGs they have there. They're <laughs> don't un- even. I mean, they need work, but they're beautiful. Have you seen the handcrafted cozies for the uh, magazines for the M16? <laughs> Adorable. No, they Adorable. are great, and all the money goes to terrorism. <laughs> 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 the hipsters are a little rough. Like getting through the crowd of hipsters is tough. Uh, but so here's I don't understand. Small batch flamethrowers. <laughs> but it makes, this already makes no sense why James Bond is here. Why is James Bond at this arms bazaar? If their two options are send in the Russian military or fire a missile yes. at it. There's no reason for James Bond to be there. This script is the worst script <laughs> ever written for hey, James Bond. But James Bond's there, so buckle in, okay? Mm. Some action's going to happen. Mm. James now, this is the first time of the two times in this movie he uses the old lighter punch trick. Mm. That's right. <laughs> so I was, yeah, Wait, is this a James Bond, like, uh, you know, a stalwart James Bond trick? Or is, was no, this it's just a, like, something Pierce Brosnan picked up in a pub in Ireland, I'm sure. He does it in uh, when he's in uh, Thailand, Hong Kong. That's yes. when he does it again. When, when no, no. Michelle, he yeah. does it in, uh, aren't they in Singapore? Singapore. Right. Sorry. Listen, we're I, all racist. I had honestly We don't know which point. Asian country. <laughs> I also watched this movie two weeks ago, so that's part of the problem. Uh, I watched it last night. Oh, geez. And this morning. Finished it this morning. <laughs> Can I say, though, though this is obviously not a favorite of mine, David Arnold's score is fantastic for this movie. Yeah, you I know, would... I, I, for the most part, really, really liked the music in the movie, uh, except for maybe including... I. I enjoyed and hated a couple of parts in the movie where it goes into full-on late-night showtime mode. <laughs> like, there are a couple, like, soprano sax moments in this movie that are he does bonkers an, He does mid-90s. an interesting thing where, because the, because the movie is mostly in Germany, <laughs> he goes for a real German techno kind uh, of sure. a score. I, didn't, I don't know. I was hearing these kind of just... Barry references and stuff throughout, and oh, I don't know. Well, nice. what's interesting is the he got criticized. They got criticized for not using the James Bond theme enough in, in Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah, it's in it a ton. They yeah. sort of overdid it here yeah. as a, as a response. You know, mm. sometimes that happens. Like we're yeah. responding right now to the fact that we criticize these movies too much. <laughs> right, it's true. Uh, uh, you don't give a shit because you hate this movie. I oh, I don't like I said I don't hate it. It's just my least favorite Bond movie and it needs it needs Wait a, a second. What? <laughs> you previously just said it was your least favorite Brosnan movie. So now you're putting this at the bottom of the list That's of a, all Oh, the I movies? meant to say least favorite Bond movie. This is my least favorite James Bond movie. What the fuck is wrong with you? What? There's so much there's but there's so much to like in this movie. There's so, there's so many subtle little things to really You're enjoy. You're going to have to point them out as I go along. I will out point the them out. Okay. okay. Right. So first of all, let's talk about this fighting. action sequence. Okay? Right. okay. This action sequence, not not terrible. No, James it's Bond not has terrible. to grab no. a jet yeah. and fly it away. Yeah. And but then again, there are MIGs I just I just hate when just Bond can he just can fly any jet. You know, give me ground me in reality a little bit or go full Roger Moore. <laughs> full but, full but, Moore. But you know. Uh, but I, I enjoyed this action scene quite a bit when I was a kid. I liked uh, ejecting the 
guy, guy behind into him, the other into plane. the other that plane. That is so crazy. It's, That's like straight out of Face Off. Yeah, exactly. It's insanity. Yeah. And it's funny because yeah, I mean, you could tell they were kind of reacting to movies like yes. that. To yeah. your, yeah. I don't, I don't know specifically the years on all these, but the you know, Face Off, The Rock, Mission mm-hmm. Impossible Two, all those kind of John Wooey. Oh yeah, you're right in there. You're right. Oh, that's why Michelle Yeoh's in this too. Yeah, that's exactly why Michelle Yeoh's in this. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you could tell that you know they were trying to, you know, give give the kids what they wanted in terms of like crazy kind of goofy action. Yeah. So James, uh, sorry, I just uh, unplugged the thing and I'm asking to take it. Uh, If you heard a pop uh, at home, that was our fault. Uh, So the. the ex- what I enjoy is the uh, the firing of the jet engine of the MIG jet engine into the shattering of the glass that leads <laughs> us into the opening credits. <laughs> That's right. So now, welcome to Doctor Gorlass's magical song, Molasses, um, <laughs> where we go through the alternate options for James Bond theme this songs. This is they basically my favorite feature on, on the show. <laughs> well, get I'm glad ready. to be here live for it. Because this one is bonkers. There are so many because they basically said... Please say there's one by Korn. <laughs> well, yeah, no. <laughs> but you're going to get uh, Pulp, St. Etienne, Swan Lee, Dot Allison, Straw, um, and then, of course, the Katie Lang original no. that plays at the end of the movie. So... The producers basically put out a, a sort of secret contest to songwriters and mm-hmm. said, like, we're looking for the next Bond song. Will you will you submit? And didn't really tell any of the other people that they were doing that. So I think all of these people thought, oh, the, this is a real option. I'll write this song and do this. And they turned oh, and it they in. and they all thought it was going to yeah. be the James Bond song. And then like, they sorry, found out. Sorry, 80 it, other people yes. were doing this. And wow. so I've looked at some interviews with, like, St. Etienne, <laughs> and they were like, we didn't know. And, and Jarvis Cocker from Pulp took his and released it as a single called Tomorrow Never Lies. Wasn't that the original title of the movie? Was it? I think uh, just in my general Wikipedia browsing, the original title was Tomorrow Never Lies, but they faxed it over to MGM and the ink ran, and they thought it was Tomorrow Never Dies, and they just loved that title so much. Oh my god, I never heard that. Yeah. Anyway, so here's Pulp doing Tomorrow Never Lies. Tomorrow Never Lies it's got a little classy feel to it. A little swing. It swings yeah. a little bit. It's a long song, so we won't go through the whole thing. Don't be but it, it is a little... Really a lazy. long Jarvis Cocker song? That doesn't crack. <laughs> it is a lazy song. No, not. I mean, it's just... There we go. There we go. It picks up. So crap your chance, don't let it go. The city streets are littered. We'll just go to the to the hook or the chorus of each of these. Did he say shit house? <laughs> this sounds like a seventies Bowie song, kind of. Yeah, it, that's what it does sound like. I don't know how Bond it ends up sounding, but it's very Bowie. It is very Bowie. Yeah, I think I think it probably wasn't the right fit. Okay. So, um, here comes St. Etienne and uh, this little sort of wispy little number. Starts off sounding kind of bondy and then just gets a little sweet. Right now I'm just sort of really hearing why Shadow Crow's song was picked. Yeah, none of these will jump out as, oh, they should have done that. Yeah. 
fuck <laughs> what the hell were they thinking and I also heard them in an interview say like I've heard all the other ones I think ours was the best everyone thinks theirs was the best yeah this seems crazy. this sounds like something that's playing in orchestra yeah, yeah. she just doesn't like, have the voice you know? there's also the uh, there's like a very 70s sounding guitar in the background what's your guys' take on Adele song like it we love like it, it. I well, also love it yeah. We love it, right? Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I mean, I feel like that has the kind of, like, sex appeal that you want from yeah. one of these Yeah, songs. it's darkness to it. Yeah. Here it is. And the orchestration, yes. which I think is key in a James Bond song. <laughs> yeah, I feel fucking, like maybe just, I like a like, symphony behind it. That's fair. I feel like in the 90s, the 90s just maybe weren't that sexy a decade. No, you're right. And I feel like maybe all of these styles and singers, like... I don't know. Sex appeal went away for a couple years. Is yeah. that sex appeal? It may have. It disappeared. No guys, one fucked from the years. Guys, where'd sex appeal go? <laughs> <laughs> this is Swan Lee with "Tomorrow Never Dies." Swan Lee. Maybe we won't go through all these. They're just very. That's interesting. Whoa. I could be wrong, but I'm not sure wow, she this, ever says tomorrow never dies in this. Entire. This sounds like this sounds like 1997 to me. Sure. And they really went for a type too, other than pulp. Like they're going for these kind of breathy girl singers. This sounds like uh, Robin and uh, right. Uh, the, the Cardigans. Yeah, the Cardigans. <laughs> yeah. They, you know, they might have been able to pull it off because they were kind of. Retro sounding. Yeah, ma- actually, did you make a mistake? Is this from the soundtrack to The Craft? <laughs> no, is this from Singles? <laughs> no, that wouldn't be right. That would be grungy. Sorry. Oh, I meant Reality Bites. All right. That all works. This maybe seems the closest to me, though. Oh, there it is. Tomorrow Never Dies. Okay, great. So this is this one's going to seem weird, but this is Dot Allison, and I kind of like this song, but not for a Bond song at all. Oh, they love their intros. It's called Tomorrow Never Comes. You know what? This may have never been associated with a Bond film, and I just... <laughs> someone else... You just searched Tomorrow Never? <laughs> yeah, because there's so many alternate endings to that phrase. It's very pretty. Very Lilith Fair. The Lisa Loeb Bond song. That's the one I want to hear. Yeah. Because it'll make me think about well, Lisa Loeb, which I, I enjoy. I think it's this Cheryl Crow song that we ended up getting. Yeah, maybe that is. Yeah, maybe that's the closest thing. I don't see how this could have started a Bond movie. Yeah, this isn't like a this isn't like a montage of someone doing heroin. This, that's what yeah. this is for. Yeah. There's a drag. It's like for yeah. <laughs> Like I still would take it over that Madonna song, though. Okay, okay, we've had enough. All right. So this band Straw, for all I can gather, just did an album of what we would do for Bond songs, and uh, this is their world. Oh, this is world is not enough. Never mind. All right, and then the last one, of course, is. Uh, Sorry, it's coming up. Mrs. Katie Lang. Yes, Katie Lang. And it's called Surrender, and it was the original title song that 
uh, David Arnold wrote. And that's why you hear a lot of these themes throughout the movie. Same thing with uh, No Good About Goodbye for Quantum of Solace, that uh, it was then shit-canned and then still left throughout the entire movie. And I, I think both of those would have been better choices. Here we go. I like this song. You don't like this song. Uh, I don't like it as much. Oh, I, like I love it. Song. I love it. Here we go. Come on. Right. But classic, I mean, that's... Classic. Listen to that. Brass. And then a spaceship took off. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> I like this song. I think quite a bit. Matt, the more I think about it, the more I think that the Fiona Applebaum song is something I would still like yeah. to hear. Like, yeah. Even now, I, I think too. that's oh, probably yeah. a perfect yeah. choice. Yeah, it does. What is that little noise in there that sounds like a, a predator or something? <laughs> Bond's turning on his cloaking device. <laughs> this is this one's just it's it's ballsy, it's brassy, you know. The thing I love about David Arnold is he puts in those ups a lot in this movie, like John Barry. You know what I'm talking about, Matt? What are you I doing, man? I'm doing? looking right now. I'm looking at the. Uh, I want more information on the song. On this song? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this seems like the safe the safe choice. I can see how they would maybe think that this was maybe a little old-fashioned. Yeah. Maybe the kids wouldn't uh, react to this. And I guess they'd... Like didn't... they would the hip young Cheryl Crow, <laughs> who the kids love. I know. I guess. <laughs> By kids, kids, I mean love. moms getting margaritas. <laughs> I saw Cheryl Crow... Uh, she had uh, I listen I'm a fan of the Dave Matthews Band anyway she opened for the Dave Matthews Band at Fenway Park they did two shows back to back nights her set list was the same set list oh really bullshit what if Dave Matthews did a Bond song I can't imagine it being great (laughs) (laughs) time to kill again (laughs) I don't know what you're trying to do there that's my. The producers my are like, listen, Dave we Matthews think person. Bond movies are too high stakes. They need to be more chill. We need a <laughs> super chill friendly. Bond movie. Yeah. Uh, well, listen. Okay, okay, so now let's talk about let's talk about the visual aspect of the opening credits. All right, I love it. I love yeah. the X-ray. Yeah, that's good. It's really uh, yeah, good. I like seeing inside the gun. I like seeing, seeing the inside, clip go in the gun. You like seeing inside this very watch right here. It's you pretty good. Right? You thought you would have seen it for uh, the world is not enough because there's an X-ray scene. Yeah, you know? but I think what happened was they had so much fun making that opening. They were like, mm. let's make a scene of this. Yeah, you're probably right. It is. I mean, it is so like, you know, computers are involved in this. Mm-hmm. Like, look at these circuit boards. The uh, <laughs> guys. Circuit boards, right? Mm-hmm. Come on, kids. Computers, Audience, yeah. right? Yeah, future. <laughs> kids like computers. We're officially in the future. It is so funny how this is a, you know, this is a movie that has that, like, techno hacker element to it, but no one mentions the internet ever. The internet is around now, like, right? You're right, huh? It's, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised it wasn't more of an internet-based movie in some way, if they're going for current. Yeah. Know? So here's the, here's, I'll read the uh, mm-hmm. entry about the songs. Uh, the theme song was chosen through a competitive process. There were 12 submissions, including songs from Swan Lee, Pulp, uh, St. Etienne, Mark Almond, Sheryl Crow, and David Arnold. Crow's song was chosen for the main titles, while Arnold's song, Surrender, performed by Katie Lang, which you're hearing right now, was used at the end titles. Uh, it's melody <coughs> cropping up throughout the film. Uh, this was the fourth Bond film to have a different opening and closing songs. Two different versions of the soundtrack album were released, the first lacking music from the second half of the film and the second lacking the songs. Pulp's effort 
was retitled Tomorrow Never Lies and appeared as a B-side on their single Help Be Aged. Moby created a remake of the original James Bond theme to be used for the movie. Oh my God, I completely forgot about yeah, that. He also right. did a music video. <laughs> yeah. Where, where he was in it, like a tux was, or something? Yeah, he was running around. <laughs> Oh, Moby. Very techno-y. Oh, Moby. <laughs> anyway. Moby spit out. So that's, uh, that's that. Uh, so, okay, great. Movie opens. Yeah, can I say one? Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Just if you just want one little capsulized moment about my feelings in this movie, it's when Brosnan is in the jet and he's being choked by the guy behind him. Watch his choke acting. <laughs> Watch his choke <laughs> acting. <laughs> Do you All think right. his choke? So okay, so his th- chacting. <laughs> That's <laughs> chokeding. Uh, <laughs> so here's the here's the premise of this movie. Uh, after the credits are done, we open up on uh, many cameos. The uh, HMS uh, Devonshire, right? Whatever. Is it the Devonshire? Uh, and that is uh, God. It's 22 minutes before we see Bond again. Uh, really? Wow. The uh, Katie, I'm gonna pull the cord on this. We can take that down for a second. Thank you. Well, while you're plugging in, let's list some of the cameos in this movie that aren't even necessarily cameos, maybe before they're famous. But Julian Fellows is in this opening scene. He created Downton Abbey. Um, Gerard Butler is one of the sailors on the Navy boat. Mm-hmm. Did you catch that? Hugh Bonneville is in it from Downton Abbey. Um, uh, the, the old German Nazi from Last Crusade is in this movie, too. Did you catch him? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's all I got. Anyway, that, that concludes Matt Gorley's spot the cameo section. We'll get to uh, Michael G. Wilson when it comes up, because it's coming up right now. Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey uh, Palmer, also in the movie. Who's that? He was the Admiral. And, oh, Admiral uh, Jowls. Yes, and he was uh, also in As Time Goes By, which is the show, the sitcom on BBC, oh, right. where he played whose right. wife? Judy Dench's right. husband, rather. Right. <laughs> he played Judy Dench's well, husband. I don't know. You, you, Who yeah. played his wife? <laughs> Judy Dench. If Judy Dench is your wife, it's hard so, for you to not be called. But a I wife think yourself. that that's probably very confusing to those at home who were like used to seeing them uh, like that. Yeah, that would be like seeing Bill Cosby and Felicia Richard. Richard yeah. Uh, Although it's fun if you look at it as time goes by, a press photo, and you just imagine that it's Am and the Admiral having a having a good dinner, having a having a fun picnic. Oh, <laughs> they're attractive children. Yes, indeed. Uh, so I, you know, I think I think as far as like you know uh, uh, resumes go, I think the most interesting thing about this movie, looking at all the participants on Wikipedia, is that the director also directed "Stop or My Mom Will Shoot." Yes. Holy shit. I know. His word. Holy and uh, Turner and Hooch, shit. too. Mm. Wow. Can you believe that? I can't that? believe he didn't cram a dog in this or an old lady or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised there's no, like, wow. you know, reaction shots that for animals. That says a lot to me. That says That's one a of lot my, to me. That's one of my favorite episodes of How Did This Get Made is the Stop or My Mom Will Shoot episode. That's really? a bananas movie. It's a fucking, it's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, like, clearly this is a guy who, who blends, who likes to blend action and comedy in a not always successful mm-hmm. way. Here's the thing, though. I feel like a lot of it was <clears throat> successful, and and I, you know, forgive me if for being uh, what was this, ninety seven, uh, fourteen when this movie came out. Mm. But that's right in the wheelhouse of when you're going to like you're this right. movie. That's why I think I like a lot of those Roger Moore's. Yeah, you know. But I also like a lot of those Roger Moore's. Like I, well, you've got I can come down to your one time. I can come down to your level. <laughs> Join me down here, Matt. Come on, join me. It's so, hard. but yeah, on that same note, yeah. where you're 14 and like this is in your wheelhouse, 
I'm 24, and it's in my wheelhouse to hate everything at that age because yeah. young men in their 20s are the worst. And so it doesn't. This kind of was doomed in the first place. Brosnan was probably doomed for me in the first place because I'm watching at that point Train Spotting, and you know, yeah, yeah. I'm not defending it. I'm but you saying, saw Titanic. And I still and have never seen Titanic. I loved Titanic at the time. <laughs> so I did have some lapses in judgment. I don't uh, know why I couldn't do it for this. Okay, so let's start. Let's talk about the premise of this movie. Okay, let, this is the. Uh, we talked a little bit about Jonathan Price. Jonathan Price playing an over the top uh, villain uh, who is a media mogul who mm-hmm. owns every facet of the media. They call him the Emperor of the Air, which sure. I thought was a great. He owns everything newspapers, <laughs> yeah. magazines, TV. I want it all. What's this one <laughs> other thing where information. Brick and mortar bookstores, <laughs> eight tracks, laser discs. I want everything. Gupta, I want you to buy me Borders Books and Music. <laughs> Sam Goody will be mine. <laughs> Circuit City. <laughs> uh, yes. let's, let's hear a little. Let's hear a little sample of Jonathan. John Price. Willis's Pager Emporium <laughs> will no longer see. We're gonna hear a little bit of uh, a little bit of a Jonathan. A Price. new Coke <laughs> that will decimate the old Coke. Sorry, man. Imagine Pepsi <laughs> if it were clear. <laughs> you're mad. You're mad. <laughs> Make it so. You'll kill us all. I want films. I want TV. I want radio. I want us on the air 24 hours a day. This is our moment. (laughs) And a billion people around this planet will watch it, hear it, and read about it from the Carver Media Group. Okay, pause it. Pause it. Pause it. Here's my problem. Okay. (laughs) Look at his face. I know. He's... I'm actually not complaining about his acting. Yeah. It's his choices, I think, because he has to play this nutball. He's a psychotic nutball, yeah. and he's facing a screen full of uh, people who are probably no doubt involved in dubious affairs. But for him to to deliver it to those people that way, even those people would go, shit, I got a lot riding on this. I'm invested in it. This is a crazy man I'm pulling out. He should be selling it to them rationally, you know? Yeah, that's, I, th- I think that's, that's, that's the thing that makes this movie such a goofball movie. It's not necessarily this premise, which is, you yeah. know, which is fine. You can do a, you can do a version of this that, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, this does not make sense. No, I want those people on the screens to be looking at each other Brady Bunch style, but like, what's this guy doing? But he is just, he is so evil. He's never not evil. I know. He, is, he never like appeals yeah. to the rational. Exactly. Or That's the... interesting that you say that he's never not evil because there are moments with a lot of the other villains, uh, either with, you know, even something as little as Blofeld petting his cat. Exactly. <laughs> you know, where there is some sort of humanity in there. What it is is pure, uh, well, you have action drama and then this is pure melodrama. He's a pure villain and there's no goodness and Bond is, you know, basically pure good even though he's an anti-hero. And it becomes uninteresting because there's no dimension to him, you know? Yeah, but there is one dimension, and it's bonkers. <laughs> yeah, it's a I mean, fun, it's... A fun dimension, but you need sure. you need something to set it against. You well, know? let's uh, let's hear let's hear how this man uh, uh, meets with people. Okay. Oh God. Phase two is underway. I have the videotape. Sexy Teddy. I haven't seen it myself, but I'm told. The I like how his his excellent. muscle guy, Plus, there his were like his thug, is also like in charge of headline. tech stuff. I know. Like yeah. this guy just everything. does everything. Yeah. His thug is also <laughs> boat captain. Don't He's like a naval captain. <laughs> he can also yeah. He can also pilot the stealth boat. You can guarantee there were two characters combined into one for that. And ladies, also like he serves him his meals. He's just an all-purpose thug. I I do. Here's the thing though. I do like. I and I will say this. I 
there's something to this movie now watching it uh 15 years later uh just something about the, the his plan is to launch a new network but he wants the perfect news story to go with it so he decides to make it boy and you know it's so this is so tone deaf to what people watch on tv like sure it's i mean it's so you would think that like if he was being realistic like to inflame passions and to get people to you know to deify his network he would be do something like he would be planning like we should convince people that they're trying to outlaw Christmas. That's right. We'll construct a war on Christmas. Like, like international affairs don't get the public riled up like this. Yeah. They just don't. But yeah. World War Three might. That's true. That is, so, it is so extreme. But that, this is uh, him. Uh... Who was pointing out on Twitter something that he... <laughs> who said this? It was brilliant. He has he basically has an iPad right there, and if he would just develop that, he would be so much more successful. What? what who? I'm sorry to whoever you were. You were. It was brilliant, and I wish I could credit you. The uh, it's it's oh. very. So here he is. He pulls up a bunch of four by three screens. This Justin, by a curious by quirk of fate, we have the perfect story with which to launch our satellite news network tonight. It seems I a do small like crisis is, yeah, it is, he is He's going for having it. Having a fucking yeah. blast. I want full newspaper it's coverage. It's sexual in a I weird want magazine stories. But he's like, he, he books, has a weird breathing thrones, rhythm he's developed TV, for the character, too. I want radio. Too. I want us on the air 24 hours a day. This is our moment. And a billion now people we obviously just heard this planet. planet. I like We're him checking in on his various companies to see how devious they're being. Yeah, let's just get a daily evil check. It's the worst. There's no news. Like bad news. He's really going for it. Oh my god. You gotta like the, that performance. I do, but it doesn't oh. I know. It I, is such oh. a it's a it the it is so the script is so stupid. Now it here's so here's where we stupid. start. This is my favorite chunk of this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next ten minutes of this movie. Here we are, uh, outside Oxford University. Okay. James Bond is in there. How do we know he's in there? Well, sure you hear some audio uh, up top, but you also see the Aston Martin DB5 parked out front, which lets you know that that's his car. He's mm-hmm. driving that. He's still driving that. He had it in GoldenEye. He's yeah, driving it in this. Yeah, driving to MI6. Oh, wait. Have they right? got... Did they do the part where they talked about they're going to release the president's sex tape? Yes. Release it anyway. Cons- yes. Consider him slimed. Yes. The guy says... Oh, that's... Consider him slimed. I like, that, I like that we're in... That's Michael G. Wilson. Yeah. That's I like your... that we're in a world where a... The president has a sex tape out, but no one's talking about that. Like, yeah. I know. That's actually, know. that seems to me to be the better plan almost. Like, that's more disruptive to the world than this, you know, this, this skirmish no between fly China. zone with China. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you watch uh, Ronan and, and Jonathan Price's performance in that is the polar opposite. So it's not like the guy's not a versatile actor. You know, he, he it's just he probably was directed this way by this guy who directed Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Because what you're yeah. seeing here is probably what he was telling now, Sylvester is... Stallone at the time. <laughs> you know? This is the first of two. <laughs> this is the first of two in this what movie. He, wait, sorry. What he couldn't get Sylvester Stallone to do, he took out on someone that could do it. And he's like, finally, I can get someone to do this shit I want. And Jonathan Bryce was like, oh, I'm, I can do it. Do you want it? Should you? It's the same thing with building a nuclear bomb. Just because you can, it doesn't mean you should. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think I mean you guys have talked about the Brosnan movies and tone issues a lot, and I think yeah. it's right on. And I think this movie is is a great example of them wanting it both ways, of yeah. them wanting a kind of campy, mm-hmm. you know, romp, yeah, but also something that's a little more serious. And For, it, it just yeah it doesn't doesn't always fit. I you know we had a, some issues with Skyfall, but I think it it is maybe what Skyfall gets right. It's the reverse version of it. So this is. Too much drama followed by too much comedy, and and Skyfall has a lot of drama with some some good little moments of humor and camp and stuff like that. Don't yeah, you think? well, it's like you're running. This movie's like running with an elastic behind your back, and then as soon as you get to the most dramatic or whatever part, it swings yeah, you back it's the other too direction. Pendulous, yeah, yeah, it brings you back to yes. this fucking like crazy like line or character. Yeah, uh, but this is the first of two. There's two. <laughs> scenes in this movie which I refer to as British offs. <laughs> oh, I'm in. I'm in. There are two British offs in this movie where you have three English character actors <laughs> attempting to see, see who could be the who's stuffiest? the most British. Oh, God. <laughs> and I just want to play a little bit of the first British off, which happens in MI6. It was an unprovoked I... attack on a ship in international waters. We send in the fleet for recovery and prepare for full retaliation. Moderation. We investigate and stop short of sending the entire British Navy within 10 minutes of the world's largest air force. When will our ships be in position? 48 hours. Christ. Press <laughs> already screaming for blood. The last thing That's we want to do is escalate. She should do a spit take with tea, right? Yeah. Yeah. She should do a spit take with her afternoon that. tea. There's, there's 17 British sailors murdered. According to Vietnamese officials who recovered the bodies, the victims were riddled with the same ammunition used by the Chinese Air Force. Did you use this? Well, it was an M60, so no, it wasn't. It's the first I've heard of it. Well, this settles it. We sent in the fleet. M, you have 48 hours to investigate. He won. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely <laughs> fellow. You have forty-eight hours to investigate. He was actually in a cricket uniform. All the time. <laughs> yes. and that we should point out. He yeah. was gr- actually every time they cut gear. to him, he was surrounded by lawn. It was weird. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, uh, but this is uh, this is the only time. This is a fun little bit of trivia, and I could be wrong about this, but I think this is the only time you see Pierce Brosnan in a three-piece suit. Really? Yeah. yeah. I love when you and I both do this. We sometimes say a fact yeah. and then go, well, I could be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but so. also, we would like to reiterate that this is not a journalist <laughs> podcast. Mm-mm. We don't, we don't. There's little to no journalism going or on. Or facts. Yeah. Most of the shit we're just making up. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the phenomenon of the Did British... Did you know Lou Ferrigno was a Bond for six movies? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't aware of that. I'll have to check Wikipedia. No, Those were the right. musical Bonds, right? right? Oh, they were great. Uh, so, okay, so we've left British off number one, and now we're heading over to my one of my favorite scenes okay, I like in, this scene. in all of the James Bonds. I, I do like this scene, and, and, and yeah. Right. They've got, they're under a time crunch. Yeah. So how the fuck are they going to do this? He's got to fly out of there immediately. So they hop in a fucking Rolls Royce with a police escort, and they are bombing around. In the the worst place to be drinking with. Did they learn nothing from Princess Dying? She hadn't died yet, had she? found our sailors three hours ago. How'd they get the paper out so fast? Somebody at Tomorrow knew before the Vietnamese government did. How much do you know about Elliot Carver, W7? Worldwide media baron. Able to topple governments with a single broadcast. Carver owns that newspaper Tomorrow. 
I didn't want to discuss it in front of the minister, but that mysterious signal came from one of Carver's satellites. PM would have my head if he knew you were investigating him. I'm sending you to Hamburg, 007. We've arranged for you to be invited to a party at Carver's yeah. Media Center. Being told what he's doing. The launch of a new satellite it's got good because urgency. now he I like has the ability scene. to reach every human being on the Earth. Money pennies up front. Except the Chinese. They found to make a couple of pussy-eating right. jokes <laughs> before you get up the look place. James, she hands your him... Your ticket, cover story, and rental car reservation. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Sign here, please. I, I'm dying for that I again. I believe you once had a relationship with Carver's wife. Look Paris. at what's happening in this movie you hate. That was a no, long I like time ago. I like this. It's, it's, the problem before is it sets married. itself up to be great. I didn't realize it was public knowledge. Just take Queen a massive country, British shit. Your job is to find out whether Carver or someone in his organization love sent I that love ship this off course. Look at her, she's got fucking Use your scotch. relationship with yeah. Mrs. Carver if necessary. I doubt if she'll remember me. Remind her. Then pump her for information. That's the way you do it. How much pumping is needed, James? It if only like... that were true of you and I, Money Penny. Now that he's gotten his dossier, his mission dossier, where is he headed now? What's the next scene? Um, is it not Denmark or something? Oh, no. Yeah, if he goes to Germany. Yeah. And who does he have to go see first? The lady. The quartermaster. Oh. Now he immediately oh, sees Q. <laughs> Again, this is exactly what we want in a James Bond movie. Yeah. Who works That's at true. Avis? Oh, yes. yes. This, see, this the is product right. placement for Avis. Yeah. My bureau had nine auto reserviates. Oh now this is Desmond Llewellyn's <laughs> second to last appearance in the in the movie. Now let's 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 I mean, hear I this. I think we're used to like we're used to product placement in Bond movies sure. at this point. Mm-hmm. There's the there's the watches. There's there the always had been. Yeah. But it, 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 but them having such a such a pedestrian brand like Avis. And later I think we mentioned he's doing shots of Smirnoff at some point. Yeah. He had, but in fairness to James in this movie, sure. Uh, in Doctor No. The man's drinking Smirnoff. I feel okay. like after this okay. Avis scene, they're gonna, the, he has but, to go to a State Farm kiosk and get insurance. rental insurance. And <laughs> but it's it is Desmond Llewellyn's second to last movie. Let's put him in a real dignified sport coat. If you just sign here, Mister Bond, <laughs> this is great. I love it when Q goes undercover the and has to meet him in the field. It'd be funny if he worked at Cinnabon the next time he came through the airport. Eastern coverage. Yes. Fire? Probably. Property destruction? Definitely. Personal injury? I hope not, but accidents do happen. They frequently do with you. Well, that takes care of the normal wear and tear. Do I need any other protection? Only from B007, unless you bring that cow back in pristine order. Pierce Brosnan doesn't seem... Shall we? Doesn't seem conscious of when... What he's saying comes off like a sexual innuendo. Yeah. He seems like he's trying to fuck this old man. <laughs> Throughout this whole scene, I'm like, <laughs> go back and play it. Wear it, wear it, tear like the wear it, tear on your pussy it. that I'm about to. Well, what he's doing, what he's doing is over the top acting of checking, at looking at his blazer. That's what he's doing. I so, want to watch it, it with the Mr. understanding Bond. that he's trying, trying to, to have sex with Q. <laughs> We're sorry we're replaying this audience. <clears throat> Just the insurance damage handsome waiver Pierce for your Brosnan. beautiful this... new car. There you go. British fob. Will you need going collision going coverage? Yes. Mm. <laughs> it's the looks. Fire? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Property destruction? <laughs> Definitely. Personal injury? I hope not, but accidents do happen. Oh my God, I might accidentally fuck you. fuck you. 
Look at him. He's looking him over. Oh, God, that's so funny. Yeah, it's like Pierce Brosnan, like, it's like, oh, yeah, Bond, he's sexy, right? He's a sexy guy. But, like, no, not all the time. Not to everyone. Now, from to women, to beautiful that women. That was Morris' take on it. I've now, got mine. From the ages of, from the ages of uh, 14 to probably 22 years mm-hmm. old, this, this, this BMW 750 was the car I wanted the most. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was going to ask. So something that, that uh, I never really connected with in the Bond movies. Like I've never been like a, like a stuff guy. Yeah, I've never yeah, been a guy who covets you know, yeah. watches and cars and yeah. suits and you stuff You mean you're like not that. materialistic like Matt? <laughs> I don't think it's. I don't what? think it's materialism. I think it's a, it's a love of the finer things. Um, but yeah, so I was kind of wondering when I saw this car if this was a car that Bond fans liked. No, okay, mm-hmm. it's not because it's it's a sedan and the mm-hmm. yeah and the BMW thing. I think was such a blip on his radar. It didn't yeah. feel right. it felt more. Marketed it was very than, very marketed. Yeah, although I do vividly remember the commercials they had for the BMW Z3. Uh-huh. Which was a British court. the The commercial was a British court, and uh, they were charging uh, like people with powdered wigs. Uh, they were charging, yeah, British powdered wigs, barristers, the whole thing. Uh, they were uh, charging James Bond with driving a BMW, and then the uh, nothing happens in the courtroom. And then he's, and then they say, "On the wrong side of the road," and then everyone gasps. Was it? Was there a James Bond character in the commercial? Or? No, but it was a tie-in with Goldeneye. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. But uh, this, okay, so this is a BMW 750IL. That's the long wheelbase. That's what the L stands for in the IL, okay? Oh, okay. They now they still make a 750, but it's now the LI. The L comes first. I don't know why. The naming scheme changed what is in the like I 2003. Stand for? Uh, the I technology, you know, the, 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 the BMW's got the... There's a bunch of I, the 328i, the yeah. blah, blah, blah. it's just in their naming mm. scheme. So the 750il, this car I thought was fucking amazing. So this car, if you were to buy this brand new back then, no one cares about this but me. But this is uh, about 120 thousand dollars. Oh my god! For this sedan, you're kidding? Yeah, a loaded, uh, a loaded because it's remote control. No, <laughs> but a loaded BMW 750 is going to run you up into the hundreds. Seriously? Yeah. Even what is it today? What would that be today? They're still about 115, 120. I, I think that. you can. I think the base price is like eighty-seven thousand or something Are you like that. Serious? Yeah. I had no idea. So when you see one of these on the road, your new BMW seven hundred and fifty, all the usual refinements, machine guns, rockets, the GPS tracking system. <laughs> now it just looks like Pierce Brosnan. That you put that in my head wants to fuck that car. <laughs> he wants to fuck everything. Welcome. Please fasten seatbelt and obey all instructions for a safe trip. Thought you'd pay more attention to a female voice. You randy old devil. I am not interested in your sordid escapades. Let's Forgets get which on pocket with it, he put we? the cell phone in. Your new telephone. Talk here, listen here. So that's what I've been doing wrong all these years. <laughs> Look, it also includes a fingerprint scanner and a 20,000 volt security system. And this I'm particularly proud of. The remote control for your car. Tap. Twice. I had that cell phone. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Now, draw your finger very slowly across the pad to drive the car. I do like when he backs into the. 
It's, it's a five liter V12, guys. It's fucking so much horsepower in that thing. I what do you know about his overcoat, it, Matt? <laughs> That's a Brioni overcoat. Okay, okay. don't ask. Great, don't ask. <laughs> Uh, Brioni suits. The Brioni was the suit maker for Pierce Brosnan through uh, Casino Royale. He no. made Daniel Craig's first suits, and then they switched to Tom Ford. Uh, How do you feel about that? The Tom Fords are great. They're yep. a little more expensive than the Brionis. Okay, but uh, you know they're a great suit. Welcome to our session we call Fashion Chat, where we check in with Matt Mary. He tells us the thread count of any sort of camel mohair wool. Why is the announcer for my own show pronouncing my last name wrong? Well, part of the problem is I drink, I have a stutter, a bit, bit, of, bit of a neural problem. And, uh, it was nice of you to hire him, Matt. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. he know, clearly needs the job. He has a lot do, of problems. I gotta do what I can do. I go yeah. right, right, right from here to the curb. I love, and if you're getting this episode a little later than normal, it's because we're recording it today. That's right. It was a busy week. And also, we've already gone a really long time, and uh, we are uh, uh, we... 29 minutes into the movie. Well, my notes stop. They just fall off precipitously as I as I just I think just I find that with most of the James yeah. Bond movies. So, okay. So, guys, let's talk about the, uh, very quickly, thoughts on the car. Matt Gorley. None. <laughs> no thoughts on the car. Uh, well, I just the BMW doesn't work for me. I, give me back the ba- Aston Martin or or give me cake. No comment on uh, <laughs> cake. what that means. Uh, no. Oh, the remote, the whole thing. No comment on like how stocked it was, how much gadgets it had. I uh, just yeah, it, I've never been one for the car full of things. Even the Aston Martin, like I liked it maybe once in Goldfinger and maybe the Lotus, but other, I don't think it needs to be redone anymore. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, a scene that I I really like, something I kind of enjoyed watching was all the thugs trying to break into the car. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. And not yeah. being able to yeah. do it. That yeah. was kind of that was surprisingly comical yeah. to me. Yeah. And uh uh. It's but some good. It, it's good. It's good prop acting sure, by those guys totally. with sledgehammers. Oh, absolutely. I'll have to look for that. But there's. It seems like something happens, and it's it's part of the action scene that the windows get blown out. So because yeah. he can duck, and like a rocket goes through, through the, the broken windows, window yeah. and hits another yeah. car. A cool moment. But how did those windows get broken? If those thugs couldn't break them, it seems like they, and they just were get shooting shattered. At oh. It seems like they just get shattered randomly. Yeah. At you go, some guys. Point. You're finding holes in your own movie. There <laughs> you go. Um, when they in Four Your Eyes Only, when he has that really souped up car in the beginning, and the, the guys hit it with their rifle butts and it blows up, yeah, that was John Glenn saying, "We've gone too far with these cars. Let's just blow this thing up." And he has to go in this little French, what is it, that Citrion? Little, Citrion. And yeah, I feel like okay, there we're done, you know. And then this comes back around. So, uh, all right. So he gets the car from Q. We've seen Q. Yeah. So so far, we've seen the bad guys' plan. Mm-hmm. Mission has been established. He's been given a dossier. Yeah. He's flown to a location. He's met Q. Uh-huh. He's got his car. He's got his gadgets. He's ready to go. Already everything we want from a James Bond movie. Sure. And somehow, <laughs> this is still your least favorite James <laughs> Bond movie. Yeah. Did yeah. you not see the dossier, Matt? I did. What did you think of the dossier? Did you, he was, handed him. He handed it. Physical paper on paper. Sure. Listen, the boulder? standard formula does not a good James Bond movie make. Pass Pat. He got his passport. He got his cover story. I'm with you. And he got his rental car. All the more reason I don't like this movie for setting it up to be a good James Bond movie. Oh, and you are crashing just, hard. You're yeah, I would. Bonkers. I would be kind of curious to hear where you think it takes the turn. Like, is there something that happens where you're like, mm. now I now I can't even give this a chance? I think right when Carver's giving his big speech and it's just so melodramatic that... And then the other thing that I have a big problem with is, it's coming up, is uh, when Paris and Bond meet and he says, did I get too close? Or she says, did I get too close? And he says, yes. And they, they're setting it up like she's almost this Tracy character, this, this yeah. love of his life, and yet you have no 
history of it. You have no sense of what that is, and you're supposed to take it on faith and feel bad that when she dies, it's really big for him. But they give you nothing, and and it just feels like there's another tone shift when you go from that to uh, you always were a cunning linguist, or is that the other movie? No, no, this has cunning linguist. That's, yeah. that's yeah. earlier with the uh, Danish when yeah. he's brushing up on a little Danish. Oh, yeah. screw. And then here's, here's what I don't... Here's a joke I don't understand in that moment. He's like, I'm brushing up on a little Danish, and she says... What do you mean, little? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, what do you mean, Danish? I'm sorry. I'm, My vagina I'm fucking a huge is Danish woman. Huge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it seems point. like something a guy would say to, like, when you insulted his dick. Yeah. <laughs> like what if you... she if she was saying, "I'm brushing up on a you know a little, a little British, <laughs> a little British," <laughs> and he says, "What do you mean, little?" But it's like I don't know. Do women want to be called large? No. Do they not like being uh, yeah. called small? I don't know. I don't know. Guys, I don't understand broads, huh? Uh, yeah, who what does? Broads? Who yeah. does? Uh, so let's hear a little bit of uh, Terry Hatcher. Again, every oh, interview Terry you read, every interview you saw with uh, Terry Hatcher and Michelle Wee uh, was uh, them saying how their uh, Bond girls were different from other Bond girls. Every, every, and every, every interview, Bond girl, every Bond girl yeah. gets convinced mm-hmm. that their Bond girl is different from <laughs> other Bond girls. And the only ones that have been are... Tracy, Tracy and, and Vesper, Vesper, right? End of story. Everyone else is interchangeable. Maybe, maybe you <laughs> could make the you could make the argument that Camille from Quantum of Solace is because she doesn't sleep with him, and then she does in the shower. No, that's that's. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Severin. I'm thinking of Sky, yeah. Skyfall. Yeah. Uh, yes, Camille, because she's yeah. just out for revenge and doesn't fuck him. Yeah, she's and the if most anything, different. They, they, she's the most different. Maybe. Well, they kiss, and she almost kind of pulls away from him. You know, yeah. like like I'm not gonna mess this guy's. I thought I was damaged. Yeah. Jesus. This guy's I, head looks like an old As far as like Bond babes go, I think... Carousel horses I, in it. Sorry. <laughs> I went away. It's been a rough As far week. as uh, Bond babes go, one of the most memorable ones to me is the redhead that he has that little affair with in Quantum of Solace, and they end up like mm. dunking her in oil. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, as far as like Bond babes that I remember my jaw dropping a little bit over, she's definitely... Uh, one of the top. As oh, far yeah. as like you found the most attractive. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But I know. I mean, I know very she's good, a non-character. Very good. She's answer. a non-character there yeah. just very to good answer. Motivate him. Matt and I actually, I believe we agree on this. Besides Lana Wood, who I just put in her own little category. I like Lana Wood. Too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's uh, Thunderball's um, guy. Why? Oh, it? Fiona Volpe. Fiona Volpe. Oh, I think yeah. is the best. She's amazing. She's in the most boring movie, <laughs> yeah. but she's the most fun to look at. I just love her her character though too her acting and Mr. Bun James Bun she's she's just great all around. Uh, and, so you know I don't and hey Terry Hatcher's easy on the eyes. Sure, she's yeah. got very nineties hair. In she's this. a good actress oh in God. this too. But they, fourteen year old me jerked off to her without her dress on like nobody's business. Maybe my favorite Terry Hatcher thing that's ever happened is yeah. in Tango and Cash, <laughs> where she works at the quintessential non-sexy '80s strip club. You know, the strip club where nothing sexy happens. Uh-huh. So Jumbo's clown room. So yeah, basically Jumbo's cr- clown room. Uh, yeah, like it feel like in the '80s, like they had such weird ideas of what went on in a strip club, yeah. but it's nothing uh, enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's all these costumes and pageantry, but no or real shootouts. Nudity. And it was hard. It was hard not to sit on cocaine. Right. Exactly. So Terry Hatcher is at the non-sexy 80s strip club she's she's dancing she's looking good yeah. uh, the guys are hooting and hollering and they love it her. and then she motions to the bartender who tosses her two drumsticks 
out comes octagonal drum pads, what? and she does a fucking drum solo this. in a strip club. It's amazing. Ah, uh, that's that's go home and watch that material. Right? Yeah. Yep. Harry Thatcher. That's what. <laughs> come on, you you're out with your dudes. You're having some drinks, and you're fucking watching Terry Hatcher do a drum solo. Uh, standing. She's standing up. Let's hear a little bit of this different Bond girl situation yeah. here. Bond exhales shakily was the... Now I know. Closed caption. Was it something I said? How about the words, I'll be right back? Oh, I take it back about the acting. This is Terry Hatcher at the height of her powers. Something always came up. And how will you pass? Much better now. We're even. Something to twink, Miss Clava? Mr. Bond will have a vodka martini, shaken, not stirred. Mrs. Carver will have a tequila. Straight shot. Party girl. No, Mrs. Carver will have a glass of Mr. Carver's champagne. Mmm. So this is the... I've uh, changed. I've changed, James. This is the worst writing. I'm sorry, but this movie is full of exposition, and then they don't give you any exposition on what happened with them. Here's the thing James Bond does. Yeah. In most movies, that annoys the fuck out of me. He always tips his hand. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, in this little conversation he has with the, with the villain... my roommate in Zurich. He, uh, he will say... Watch, I'm thinking I'll just of getting Waylon behind a news desk. That's wonderful. I'm sure she won't resist too much. What? Yeah, that's, that's an odd remark. You tell me earlier, um, I was just wondering about your satellites, the way you've positioned yourself globally. Are they merely tools for information, Mr. Bond? Or disinformation? Say if you wanted to manipulate the course of governments or people, or even a ship. Boy, but yeah, boy. Right. Oh, by the way, I yeah. know exactly what you did, and I'm here to stop you. But yeah, there, there is something. But then he's one taunting. more thing. Here Needless we go. Taunting. You have a vivid imagination for a banker. Perhaps I should commission you to write a novel. Oh, happens no, I'd be lost at sea. Adrift. Here, I'll Just make, like a sunken British ship who I'll everyone thinks the Chinese sunk, but they didn't. I like this. Why did this you say that? Bond does this throughout the movies, and it's kind of that Hamlet do the play to Claudius, to, similar to his father's murder, to see if he looks guilty. Like sure. I feel like he's he's trying to get his goat to see if it yeah. riles him a lot, which I kind of like. It seems like you would start small with yeah, the yes, mad exactly. cow disease thing. Yeah, Maybe don't yeah. go into the... Uh, <laughs> International. Like, why didn't you just say the date it happened? Mad cow yeah. disease, Krutz Jakob disease. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's the that's the name of it. Uh, so okay, so here we are at this party. Uh, tips his hat. He knows the satellite thing. Wei Lin. We meet Wei Lin. Uh, she's uh, she's delightful. Then there's a scene of James Bond getting the shit kicked out of him for a bit, and then he turns the tables. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that scene, too. Mm-hmm. You don't like that. Well, I mean, yeah. This movie is only set pieces, though. That's all this movie is. There's, I don't feel like there's any drama worth watching in this movie. So some of the set pieces are pretty cool. But uh, that's all it is to, he, me, to me. And all it ever will be. I love all the, also how quickly uh, how quickly uh, Carver fires his stage manager. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's. But that's another thing. We're just. I feel like anybody with any common sense can see that this guy is unstable. And how did he build an empire? <laughs> Who would work with this man? Uh, stage manager. So do you do you like that Bond just turns off? I like that Bond just turns the power off. Yeah, that's, that's nice. a very Bondian. Yeah, he just thing turns the switch yeah. from on to yeah. off. Yeah, he turns and uh, that destroys his yeah. whole. I can see Daniel Craig's broadcast. Bond doing that or Connery. No, I don't know what that says. But anyway. 
It says something. And my computer is uh, obviously not being cooperative right now. Uh, so They can't see the little spinning wheel. At this point, he's been beaten by thugs. He knows that uh, they're on to him uh-huh. somehow. How did they know what he was there to do? <laughs> yeah, he didn't tip his I hat don't, in any I way. don't understand what? what's happening. <laughs> so he has to go tuck his tail between his legs, head to his hotel room, and then do the whole, I'm going to be like Dr. No, James Bond, and I'm going to sit here with a bottle of Smirnoff, put a silencer on my gun, uh-huh. sit in my chair, and just wait. The only thing that was missing was cards for him to say, play solitaire yeah, with. Yeah. The uh, that thing's not coming back. I think we lost my we lost it. Everybody. Oh, no. uh, so this is when uh, he runs back and waits. And Paris arrives. Uh, Terry Hatcher. She's pregnant during the making of this movie. Is she? Yes. Well, let me tell yeah. you, she looks great. Yeah. Do I have a new fetish? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so yeah, again, pregnant women, huge hair. <laughs> pregnant women, huge type, hair. Type that into uh, into your porn search engine. <laughs> uh, I, okay, so. Then we see a scene uh, after this of uh, Carver expl- Carver watching the news coverage of his blackout. Mm-hmm. And that reporter going... Oh, no! <laughs> yes! Yes! Oh, no, that part is so goofy. That part is so goofy. So he's watching the news coverage I've got of a, the blackout got a, and the guy from the it. rival news station, which looks like just a, focal, a fucking local newscast. <laughs> it looks just like, you know, this is Poughkeepsie's 6 o'clock news. He's uh-huh. just like... Don't worry, Mr. Carver, we didn't do it. And gonna, that's what sets him off. Like, there's nothing more cutting that that guy could say. It's going, the most minor barb. I want to yeah, play it. No one that insecure could have built this empire. Yeah, that's what sets him off. Just that, that fucking yokel from, from Butte, Montana going, we didn't do yeah. it. Sorry, Elliot. <laughs> we didn't do it. I can't play it because my computer's being a right. dick. And now, uh, yeah, and now Simpsons reruns. Like, <laughs> Uh, then there's the yeah, long, meaningless scene of, with Terry Hatcher. I found the whole like them like rekindling. I found that to be you got to earn it. No. There's just a, earn it. there's a movie convention there that I noticed. Yes, uh, I'm listening. Where so he's you know they're staring they're staring intently at each other. They kiss. She undoes the back of her dress. Oh yeah, lets mm-hmm. it fall. Oh yeah, she does. And then they gaze into each other's eyes and start to kiss again. I feel like that is so. So unrealistic to foreplay. I feel like yeah. as as a man, as soon as as soon as the boobs come out, you just turn into like an animal, like a cat with a beanbag. Yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. you know, for you know, however long. Yep. Like that becomes 60, that becomes seventy seconds. That becomes the focus. <laughs> yeah. Of like, I don't know if I could keep well, that's eye the contact. Test. If you can keep yeah. eye contact, I also woman like. Knows you love her. By the way, this this little uh, this little. Uh, exchange between Gupta and Law Jonathan Price. Is this the doctor send it the doctor? It sounds too good to be true. Yeah. It always yeah, this is. Do you think my wife knows? You think my wife knows? Yes, uh, Carver, she does. She There's told you. Garbage, but if she she told now. you that she knows him. And said, "What? Did, what was her cover? That she that no, James he, dated? Asking if he, yeah. if she. But knows. James dated her roommate in Zurich. Yeah, that's her cover, right? Mm-hmm. Man, so this noise. line that she delivers here, tell me, James, you still keep sleep with a gun under your bed? That would fit her cover story Very just good. fine. Yeah, like her roommate would be like, this guy I'm dating, you know, James, right? Sleeps with a sleeps gun, with under, a gun under, under his pillow. Yeah. <laughs> Watch this. I think we should set an appointment for my wife with the doctor." Do you think the Ricky J role was originally offered to Kevin Smith? Uh, I could see that, huh? Yeah, sure. Tell me, 
Uh, because my roommate in Zurich told me about that odd quirk that you had. As he walks out the room. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, what was wait, wait, wrong? Uh, forget it. Uh, yeah, too kill far. Your wife. Too kill far. your wife. It's too far to walk. Yeah. Uh, I delivered my greatest I'm performance. I'm not a thin man. I'm not about to take it back. <laughs> so then now we see the scene of uh, James breaking into the, to the Carver building to get the uh, GPS back. Mm-hmm. The GPS. See, well, how do you feel about that scene? I'll tell you how I feel. Frankie Matt. Uh, a set piece can only be so good if there's no invo- emotional investment, and I'm just gone by this point. I don't know what it is. Where'd you go? Um, well, here's also the problem. Yes, it can, Matt. You're telling me you don't enjoy the transporter films? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? I, Are you saying I, you I've don't like the transporter movies? This podcast is over. I don't know. I think because I just, I, it's just like this is a, a kid that's just not studying. You know, you want it. It's smart. It's a smart kid, but it's not doing well on its tests. And you want to go, come on, Junior, you're better than this. But you Dad, I'm trying. Is this the? Of. Are you? Are you know. really trying? I, don't know. <laughs> I think maybe you're phoning. All it the in words a look backwards bit. on the page. <laughs> yeah. See. Oh, you've been dyslexic this whole time. What? Junior, here's the problem: is, is this the shortest no uh, time between Bond movies? Because this was like a year after Goldeneye, right? Or two it was years? Two years. Two years. Is that? That's. I mean, that's pretty short for a later Bond film. Yeah, because they got yeah. into the fantasticness of the '95, '97, '99, 2001, and then. Waited a long time. Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace were two years apart. Yep. Yeah. And they were going to do that again, but then yeah. now they're like, well, we can't do that. Sam Mendes is like, I can't make a movie that fast. Yeah. Whatever. Yes, you can. <laughs> American Beauty. How long did that take? Five weeks? Seven years. <laughs> uh, so you don't enjoy the... You don't enjoy the... <coughs> him breaking into this place. I also... do. You, I like the uh, exposition of uh, the satellite... It's worth three hundred million dollars if you break, you break it, it. You break it, you bought it. it. Yeah, and then James, for no reason, just knocks it over. Mm. Knocks over the set piece that looks like it's made of paper mache. Yeah, like it looks like it's paper mache. And why is the satellite in his office? Yeah. Also, yeah, that should be in a clean room somewhere. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay, so he. Yep. All right. So this is when he runs into Waylon. Uh, they're both doing the job. She r- runs down a thing. He says, my favorite Pierce Brosnan uh, put down is right after he throws this guy. Oh, this is a, this is a fun line. I... Right now they're fighting over at the newspaper factory. At the newspaper factory. factory. <laughs> they're at the printing press. Yeah. Uh, and he is uh, about to get thrown off thing into a bunch of newspaper. Love it. I don't see how you have a problem with this. It's another Avis employee. Yep. Avis rental car. Some of our guys are evil. <laughs> Broken arm, punch in the nose, knocks over into the immediately starts shooting blood. Yeah. Here we go. Don't print anything these days. Huh? <laughs> Said to no one. Huh? He does it for him, Jordan. He does it for him. <laughs> he does it for us, the audience. <laughs> this is the worst movie ever made. <laughs> you're, you're, you're very, Come on, that's a pretty good one-liner very, as far as one-liners go. This. I don't know what it's going to take to make you see this. I think because... Do I have to liquor you up and then make you watch it in the theater? I don't know. I, say what you will about Lazenby and Dalton. 
their their bond before you before you was say anything. Different. His before is you, just a rehash of anything. everything. Brosnan is his rehash of everything. There's what I was trying new. to get you to stop yeah. saying was yeah. that because before you, there's only one James Bond who lives in Malibu <laughs> and is close enough to come on this podcast, and oh, his name is God. Pierce Brosnan. I would be petrified if he did for all of the horrible <laughs> things I've said. And let Pierce me reiterate Brosnan, come again: come on this podcast, but do not listen to any episodes. <laughs> He's also the one Bond that's likely to listen to this. I think. Uh, I love the man I love you, as Brosnan. a man and as an actor. Otherwise, I really like him. It's just not my bond. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know if any of this is Brosnan's fault necessarily. I think that the people producing the series just didn't have a clear vision yeah. for it. And, you know, it's like they His, they didn't hire I think visionary a, directors more, to direct yeah, these. these. More are than anyone. Guns. More yeah. than any James Bond. His scripts suffer from tonal shifts. Yeah. Sure. More than everybody else. But so does his acting. It really does. I think he's I think he's doing a good job of meeting the script. Mm. Like meeting what the script yeah. wants from him. Yeah. It'd be it would be interesting to see him in one of the darker ones, you know. But yeah, I mean but I mean I mean, if we are looking at this as, you know, James Bond through the lens of the nineties action movie, I mean, look at all those classic nineties action movies. Those are tonal fucking Patchwork quilts. But I mean, I if you look, watch... doing it better than this, you know, that's <laughs> Did, the problem. Is is Face Off a better movie? Not than that. This, I'm I guess. not that, but Face um, Off is like uh, Die Hard is what Bond should have. Oh been, sure. I mean, uh, yeah. I think Die Hard's uh, obviously. They do another thing that we love. Yeah, uh, we've both been on the record of loving. They bring back a friendly character from a previous movie. Yeah, Joe Don. Joe Don Baker. Don Baker. Even though I. Uh, <laughs> The world's greatest why, B movie actor, why Joe not Don Baker. Put Felix Slider in here. Who's this guy? He's 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 um, Wade. Wade. Yeah. I like that I he's know, a cartoonish but... American. Yeah. Like yeah. he's the he's the like he's what the rest of the world thinks America. <laughs> this is. is the Brosnan era in a nutshell. Everything is shorthand, though. They're, you know, melodramatic. Sure, it's all simplified. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. Just, those look like two legs on the. <laughs> have you seen that yeah. in the helicopter? I guess I mainly know Joe Don Baker from his yo, Mr. Yo, Science yo. Theater movies that he's yes. uh, Wait, always. What the uh, hell are you doing here? Jimbo, you know the world's my office. Let's go this way. Did Q bring you up to speed and everything? Yeah, I brought along the GPS calibration Jesus. unit. Oh, by the way, you know that officially Uncle Sam is completely neutral in this turkey shoot. And unofficially? We have no interest in seeing World War III unless we start it. Dr. Greenwood. Oh, God. Yeah. True. Commentary, GPS guys. Expert. Commentary. Sorry about all this security, but the uh, GPS encoder is That's one right. of the most closely guarded secrets They've of the U.S. military. They've been governed as basically just an iPhone. Sure, what you got? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, They've the a program the that can recognize songs and tell you the title. <laughs> also, another thing that Matt and I are on record is loving, yeah. which, again, I'm trying to show you how this okay, movie is I great. I hope you know I'm open. I'm listening. I'm just not convinced. <laughs> what is he wearing right now? His, his, He's wearing his, his naval, naval uniform. uniform. I like that, too. But I hear the problem is I feel like they're doing it just... Like no, just they're as... doing it because he's on a military base. Whenever he goes on a military base on an official job, he wears his fucking military uniform. Okay. So he travels with it. You know what that means? He travels with it. All right. <laughs> it's probably hanging in the back of that BMW at all times, just in case he has to go on official business. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's a funny picture Pick of him, him looking dignified next to Joe Don Baker's <laughs> Aloha shirt and chinos. That's the worst, too. He's a CIA guy, so he's got to be, yeah, in a Hawaiian shirt. He's very reminiscent of the uh, of the uh, Felix's boss in Quantum of Solace. 
Kind of like putting a magnet beside Oh, yeah. His mustache guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. He's trying to do the backdoor deal. That's a fun character. I love yeah. that guy. Yeah. I love that guy. I wish he'd come back. <laughs> I want Felix Leiter to come back. I do, too. I do, too. I love it. See, he again, he, they look him up and down. Yeah. Sex. Those two circles should be lining up on top of each other. Somebody's tampered with your encoder. <laughs> Jim? If we knew the last time and position the Devonshire thought she was, could you figure out exactly where she sank? So I guess I I don't know what James sure. Bond's history, his his naval history is. He's a he's, he's a, a commander, he's a naval commander. They do call him Commander Bond yeah. at some point. During but that. I always right. feel like that's what he used to be before he went into MI6. So yes, but he's still a in a branch old. of the service though. Yeah. MI6 is a branch of the of the of the of the uh, British. Okay. Military. Of the British. Of the British. Uh, so this is the uh, Wait, yeah. the next set piece we're going to see is the Halo I jump. I have some issues with this. Did we already miss the car <laughs> pro- the car parking garage thing? Yeah, we sure did. Because I, I have a problem you with that. You have some problems with that. Let's well, talk about it. It has maybe the second most reversed engineered gadget, and that is the hood ornament saw built only oh, to cut so a cable yes, at a specific is, height. How how else is that useful, other than to cut a decapitation wire That's that is rid- exactly that height? Ridiculous. I know. Ridiculous. It's funny, yeah, you get this, like, glamour shot of the BMW logo, too, yeah. and then it turns into this oh, saw yeah. that is only there to cut that. That, that, in, that is everything about this movie in t- three seconds. That, well, listen, I always had a little tiny problem with that as a, as a kid. Yeah. But I enjoyed... How I, I enjoyed how stocked that BMW was, <laughs> as far as gadgets are concerned. And that was that again, much the way they overreacted with the James Bond score going in this movie. Mm-hmm. They overreacted because there were complaints that the BMW Z3 had did nothing. Yeah, it had no gadgets in yeah. it whatsoever. So this is just the so most this was their over. Car it is. It is way. The Bond producers do suffer a little bit from. Oh, did we miss that? Well, yeah. look out! Yeah. Here we come. Or do we go too far? Well, you'll get nothing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> maybe just a happy medium. Which is why I'm very curious as to what they're going to do with this next movie. Yeah. This next movie, yeah. Well, do you think it'll go bigger or back to less? Yeah, I mean, I guess isn't Skyfall, you know, what they say is the most successful Bond movie yeah. of all time as oh, far yeah, as box office goes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, will they just try and do it again? I guess. I think. I think so. I think naturally these movies outdo themselves incrementally until they too go go too, go too far. big and then yeah. they they have to snap back. And I think Skyfall shows a little bit of that, which is why the f- I think the, if you look at the franchise of James Bond, if you Take a if there's somehow a graph of the franchise or like a, a or some sort of a schematic yeah. of the James Bond franchise of the twenty three yeah of the twenty three movies they on their on as a whole of twenty three movies if you take those twenty three movies put that graph next to one Pierce Brosnan movie <laughs> it's the same fucking graph <laughs> it's a fractal it's a fra- exactly yeah, and yeah. if you look at it it's going to do the exact same right. thing all happening right. in Pierce Brosnan's Brosnan James Bond movies Brosnan is the franchise. Brosnan's, that's why, that's why I find him, I think he's, I think he's uh, hated by most. No, oh, really? I think he's liked by most. Oh, I think that a lot of people don't enjoy him. Well, I, mean, I know guys our age, like, these were the first Bond movies yeah, we saw in yeah, theaters, or yeah. at least for me, anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, like, guys our age will always have a little bit of yeah, a sentimental yeah, attachment yeah, to for Brosnan. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, um, yeah and, and definitely... Yeah, it's one of those things where every generation has yeah, a bond, yeah. and every generation thinks of him in a certain way. Yeah, so. and I think and I think he gets too much shit. I think he gets too much shit from this podcast. <laughs> I think he gets he too much shit from Matt Gorley. From Matt Gorley, specifically Matt yeah. Gorley, not yeah. Matt Myra. If I'm ever in Malibu and I see you paddleboarding, let's be friends. <laughs> uh, oh, you know Bros 
constant paddle boards. Oh, yeah, he does. He loves his favorite thing to do. Uh, so, but what I, I you would ever see him at the climbing gym? Hell to meet him. Don't get me oh, wrong. Oh, God. Like I said, it's just not my favorite of the Bond was he movies. At the, I still was, love them. Was he at the World's End premiere? I didn't see him. Uh, I, didn't I wonder see him. if he went. What are the good post Bond Brosnan performances? The, the Matador. The Matador. The Matador is great. There, the 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 best Brosnan performance in the Bond time frame mm-hmm. is the Thomas Crown Affair. Yeah, which oh, huh, is it's a better that. Bond movie than any of his Bond yeah. movies. Yeah. It really is. He's have you not seen? I've Thomas not seen Crown? it. I oh, should watch it. It's really good. It's okay. great. I, although you know, I haven't seen it in years, so maybe it's got dated or something. Yeah. But I remember loving that movie. Yeah, thinking it's... this is what Bond should be. That oh, that's exactly what Bond needed to be at this era. A little smarter. Yeah, know? a little bit more. Uh, Nuanced and but that's subtle. a movie. That's a movie that Brosnan produced and had a hand in mm-hmm. as right. far as making. Well, it. So maybe, again, this is why Brosnan I can't. Isn't the this is why I can't blame him for this. <laughs> All right, you make a good point, Brosnan. Come on the show, put down the paddle, and come on the show. Also, that is a great movie to see Rene Russo's ass. Which, Not just which sure. was Not delightful. Sure. Yeah, you yeah. Just, you get to see the uh, and natural, natural born killers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but very quickly, if you don't know what a halo jump is, uh, this gentleman right now is about to explain. Wait, before you do that, <laughs> yeah, I can tell you really quickly. It stands for high altitude, low opening, because <gasps> yeah. there was a GI Joe action figure that had that. But the whole deal with the halo jump and is that you have to wear oxygen. Oxygen, you're too high in the Earth's atmosphere, right? Yeah. So they open up the back of the C-130 cargo plane, and everybody in the plane isn't wearing oxygen except for the halo jumpers. Oh, excellent. Now, maybe Logic there's some point. like technical aspect of when you jump, it's harder to breathe, so that's why you need it, and there's still oxygen up there. So, fact police, if you're going to send it, when is this podcast going to go Today. out? Today. It's going to go out. All right. You have until midnight... Thursday, December, what is today? The 13th? Yeah. To send in your fact, please. After that, you don't, if you're listening to this, if it's past midnight of, of or midnight of the 14th, yeah. don't send it. Yeah. But I think, I think that that's a mistake. I think that, uh, I think, okay, so let's. You need to put fact police deadlines on some of these. Fact things. police deadline. Midnight, right, December 14th. Yeah. So we're gonna see. I like the, how you're taking into account the internet's need to correct you, it's and like giving them amazing. a little window. Yeah, it's amazing because you know they they have a point, but you just end up getting forty or fifty of them. Now again, and I do like to know the truth. If I'm wrong, I, I apologize. I'm sure. Wait, yeah. Is he always wearing I that hat? When did he get that? Jordan Baker is now wearing a colorful fishing hat. He pulled it out of his. I saw him pull oh, it out. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Thank God, yeah. Thank God this movie holds up then. Jump the halo jump is where we get the most fatalities. So listen up. You free fall for five miles and use your oxygen or you'll die of asphyxiation. Five miles, there's no oxygen up there. (laughs) Next, after the free fall, pop the shooter 200 feet below the Chinese radar. You'll be traveling over 200 miles an hour. This snaps your head back like a cantaloupe. Be careful not to crack your skull open on the tank. I'll keep that in mind. By the One way, you, last thing. When you hit the water, don't forget to cut away your shoe. 90% of people killed in the halo jump got tangled up in their shoes and drowned. Got it? Seems like an awful lot just to save the world, Jimbo. About no choice, <laughs> Jimbo. Wade. I missed that the to prove that ship was deliberately sent off course. One minute. Also, we're going to train you for this horribly difficult thing just seconds before you do it. Buddha bless. He's in the navel. He goes, Buddha bless. He Buddha bless. Yeah, that was good. 
Uh, I bet that was this improvised. This is what the ship thought it was. Yeah. And more, this is more where it really fun is. poking but at Americans right there? here. Yeah. yeah. Well, that means that where he's uh, actually jumping between the British and Chinese fleets, well, technically, they're not Chinese territorial waters. What? They belong to Vietnam. Vietnam? Vietnam? Does what? We enter in a war there. The parachute, the wetsuit, the fins. Jeez, if the Vietnamese catch him, they're going to go crazy. Was that... Was that guy briefing him, the guy from Aliens, the, the sergeant in Aliens? Do oh, you it might have been. Uh, yeah, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. recognize him, yeah. Oh, maybe it's Stay uh, frosty. Pope. Same guy. Yeah. Maybe he gets cryogenically frozen. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> oh, nothing would make me happier as if the James Bond and Alien movie, oh, maybe the universe is over. <laughs> and there's He's a deleted scene. <laughs> deleted scene yeah. in Aliens. Going Aliens like. versus Predator versus Bond. <laughs> make it. So now Asshole we're in uh, what I call the Thunderball of this movie, yeah. which is the, a long, drawn-out underwater scene Ooh, boy, to discover what the audience already knows. Mm. Right. Mm. Good point. Which makes it completely useless for yeah. me it is a that is very boring uh i'm actually not even i'm gonna say it's chapter 20 20 okay, really quickly so they go down they do that he meets wylin they come up and they get captured right yeah they get captured this, by carver this is just convenient screenwriting because in any other <laughs> bond movie if bond and wylin are in the surface of the water and there's guys with guns on a boat they would have just ducked under or escaped like connery's bond would have escaped they just it's just yeah. Convenient. Who would have they escaped and like him. and like yeah. somehow punched a hole in their boat? Yeah, that like made them. Why, think. That's never stopped him before, and right. now suddenly they just cut to them being captured because it's plus they the have oxygen tanks. Yes, and bullets don't go more than a couple of feet underwater. As that Mythbusters has taught us. <laughs> yes. yeah. uh, so here we are now. This is a uh, this is the scene. There, I don't it, know how I feel about this shirt. First of all, oh boy, okay, guys, that's your here's problem. My problem. This movie, it's a nice well, shirt, huh? I feel like it's a very that color, by the way, very 1997. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like a, dark it's a little blue. looser. It's, like a... it's a little looser than I like to see him in. I want him in a more fitted shirt. <laughs> Are they in his office right now? They're in Elliot Carver's office, in, which uh, in is China. basically a set from the Mortal Kombat movie <laughs> that came out a couple years earlier. Yeah. Well, can you? He's play in it? Shang Tsung's lair. General Chang is. There is a point here where Elliot types something. Oh, I wrote that note too. When Stephen Colbert types something on his show and he just lets his hands go limp because it's obviously just going through the motions. (laughs) I hadn't. It's unbelievable in this movie. Yeah, let's and you'll be able to hear it too because he's typing one handed. He's holding a keyboard and typing. And an opening in the center until tomorrow. But as you'll hear, you can help me write the note. So he's and he's he's making James Bond write his own obituary. Yes, oh, I think this is the point where I start to enjoy the movie. <laughs> I think that up until now it was just total goofballs. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think now, like at this point, a lot of cool stuff starts to happen. It's almost like it's to get from him a to different understand movie. us. No. I feel like I am I am wedged squarely between you two. Is like yeah. I see that I mean there is massive amounts of stupidity in We're this movie. We're the Goldilocks of this movie. But there is the some bears, the I don't bears. know there is some there is some like kind of ingenious clever stuff. I don't know. Uh, I like this bit a lot. All right. So let's 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 hear him out. Well, girl story. Your obituaries. I hope you extended the same courtesy to Paris. Actually, Mr. Bond, you're the one who wrote my late wife's obituary. When you asked it to betray me. Oh, by the way, just quick quick so, note about Terry Hatcher's corpse. British. He really strokes her hair a lot after she's dead. Isn't that creepy? Yeah. He does yeah. that. James Bond interacts with dead bodies in a way that <laughs> I find disturbing. <laughs> it's true. He, like, kisses the yeah. dead body. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. He's got a thing. He's got Crit a fetish. service agent James Bond and his collaborator Wei Lin. And then fuck. The Chinese People's after External Security Force. 
were found dead Fuck this morning. Fuck off. Look at that. Yeah. In Vietnam. I mean, he, it fits with his acting. It fits with it his sure acting. It sure does. But Although he would he have does, to have his he own... He does sig- hit... He does hit the enter key correctly. I think he's got his own <laughs> rearrangement of letters on there to fit his typing style, because that's certainly not a QWERTY keyboard. He's all <laughs> over the place. Uh, yeah, so this scene... Let's, let's play this a little bit more here. Lex Punch, don't you think? Oh, it's old news, Elliot. We've been working together for months. Both our governments know what you and General Chang are up to. <laughs> I don't think so. Very reminiscent of Goldfinger. Mm. Mm. A few words you may have overheard. <laughs> Operation Grand Slam, perhaps. I mean, it seems you like may him have... in this black turtleneck, too. Uh, it seems too early, but are they trying to evoke Job Steve Zan? Jobs? I feel like with the glasses and the turtleneck, yes. But this is 1997, so this is just... Yeah. This is just when he comes back to Apple and uh, launches the iMac. I think like... it's more that they're going for a retro Bond villain thing. You know? Yeah, because he's got the... Uh, what what James Bond villains love, don't mind the this is playing They hate collars, the that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and they also love buttoning everything to the <laughs> yes. brink. Yes. Using every button. To yeah. the brink. Yeah. Yes. I never believe what I read in the press anyway. Therein lies your problem, Mr. Bond. You see, we're both men of action, but your era and Miss Lindsay's Look at passing. Stamper. What is Words the of the what new weapons. Going on? Satellites, the new artillery. And you become the new supreme allied commander? Exactly. Caesar had his this legions. This is a great Napoleon Bond has villain armies. performance. I have my divisions. TV, news, magazines. <laughs> and by midnight tonight, which I'm will always be relevant. More this is the most impotent history of this planet. Basis Save for a God. movie. <laughs> And the best he ever managed was a sermon on the mount. Oh, you really are quite insane. The distance between insanity and genius is measured only by success. And acting. Excuse me. Which General is doing Chang a great job. Bad job. Yeah. Good job. If you'll forgive me. That's, your appearance here has forced me to move up my phone time table slightly. Yeah. Line yeah. The whole movie. That's <laughs> yeah. Me. The biggest like, disparity between acting should, ever caught on film. Should I button the bottom button? It's a cardigan, but it's a vest. <laughs> I'll leave you in the capable hands of Mr. Stamper and his toys. He does all Perhaps my Perhaps you'd like to see them. Sir, I do like the this. Helicopter. I do Thanks, like this delivery. Mr. Stamper is a protege of the late Dr. Kaufman, who was schooling him in the ancient art of chakra torture. He was like a father to me. <laughs> really? That's his only good Interesting role model. According to Eastern philosophy, the body has seven chakra points. Energy centers like uh, his uh, stamper's reaction to that is a little indignant. Like, well, that kind of made me upset. You hurt my the feelings. Maximum but, amount like, of pain. You, know, you guys know your enemies, right? The <laughs> you must be prepared for him possible. to not like that. Dr. Right. Kaufman's record was 52 hours. I'm hoping to break it. I would have thought watching your TV shows was torture enough. Ba-boom. Boom! Oh, and then they cut to Waylon. Like, oh, that got him. When you remove Mr. Bond, he insulted the quality of his TV show. Just enough time for him to watch it stop beating. Excuse me. Uh, now we come to the uh, to the escape, which was the director's answer to the tank chase in Goldeneye. Hmm. I saw an interview with him mm-hmm. saying. Everyone talked about That's the GoldenEye chase. Like. It feels like I got a top And he's that. like, well, I can't get a bigger vehicle, Ooh. so I'll get a smaller vehicle. That, how does it start in the first place? They just sit on that thing, and there's no key or anything. He just starts the motorcycle. There's a, there's a, there's a moment where they're, they're... So they're handcuffed together. They're trying to find a motorcycle to yeah. escape on. Naturally. They 
they go to a lot of different motorcycles in this motorcycle rack. It's like a bike rack, yeah. but yeah. for motorcycles, yeah. there's 10 of these. Mm-hmm. Although it's, uh, where have we decided it is? Thailand? We decided it was Singapore, Singapore right? Okay, yep. So, uh, so yeah. We? Who cares we where it really is? I just yeah. want to know what we decided. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of motorcycles there. Yep. Uh, they they try and sit on a couple different ones, and then they finally decide on one to sit on. And it's a huge BMW logo. It's like Bond is saying, <laughs> just... no, no, I'm contractually obligated to yeah. take the BMW. <laughs> that is a 1997 BMW RC1200, Ooh. which is a motorcycle <laughs> that, uh, obviously, if I were to get a motorcycle, it'd be a, I'd be get a, I'd get a Triumph Bonneville. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like the 70s, and then that would be the Match, next one I would really? get after that. Uh, okay, they I'd were manufactured like from a... 97 to 2005. They're a touring bicycle. So, well, they're also an escaping helicopter. And I said bicycle. Motorcycle. I didn't mean bicycle. Yeah. That's yeah. Motorcycle. Uh, during the during the motorcycle versus helicopter chase, all I wrote down in the notes is, "This is great." I just I wrote enjoyed down, it so much. All I wrote down was Universal Studios stunt show. <laughs> it looks like it's shot on a set. It the whole thing just feels canned and storyboarded and like they are trying to outdo the tank chase. It just it just doesn't feel organic. Well what do you think about them escaping via the banner? That's kind of fun. It visually it looks yeah, cool. It's very fun. Yeah, well it's not fun enough to make this a good movie. <laughs> but it's I think it's like I think I enjoy how relieved That's they are. Cool. You're hearing the banner rip as they fall down. There's a sense of danger here. Yeah. They think they they believe that they could actually die. It goes on a little long, though. It's a long banner. <laughs> right? What do you think about that? What do you think about that James Bond acting right there? It's rough. Oh, he. Oh, he. Yowza. He's got banner acting. Who knew a man had banner yeah. acting? Yowza. He's Charlie Callis. He's Charlie Callis. Do you notice Katie's gone? Like that's what that's what this movie. Our our engineer isn't even here anymore. We occasionally do podcasts longer than the movies, yeah. and this is one of them. Is it, how long have we gone? On? It's t- it's twelve o'clock. Oh, we got to hurry this up. Come on, this movie does not deserve this. Okay, it's our most debated movie yet. Of course, it deserves all right, it. All right, all right. Enough. Listen, yeah. we got to give the people yeah. what they want. Uh, if you uh, are interested, in- I'm in it for the long haul, guys. <laughs> The uh, you can still buy a BMW RC 1200 in case you're wondering. Is this podcast sponsored by BMW? Uh, it should be. And Starbucks uh, Orange Valencia refreshers. We're still going, Katie. I know. Hang tight. Sorry, Katie. We're trying to break our previous record. Uh, they're still pretty expensive. Like you're gonna pay about eighteen thousand dollars for one. I am. Yeah, if you want one. Oh, okay. I'm pretty. <laughs> they're only I'm manufactured good. from 1994 to 2005. Oh. Anyway, much like uh, much like Pierce Brosnan's James Bond career. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So they uh, here's something different though. I think in the world is not enough. The cord he takes out of the blinds. Yeah. And then jumps off the yeah. thing and then tugs at. Yeah. To land perfectly at street level. Yeah. I enjoy that this lands on the 20th floor. I can't remember how they get down. Do they just pull a they, die hard? They, no. They smash through. They smash through this window. window to, and these office workers are just like. And acknowledge these office workers. Yeah, die hard. But they very quickly, they very quickly, uh, they very quickly straighten up. Uh. Like, oh, sorry, we were so silly here. 
I think this is the like hardest comedy take in the movie. Yeah, like right this here. is the the most Chandleriest thing that he does. Could I be any more dirty? <laughs> Could I have surprised you more <laughs> by smashing through the window? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, with BMW. No. Oh, BMW. 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 Okay. No, it's inventive. Comedy. She has, to, she has to straddle him while they while they motorcycle. How, how does he start it? He hotwired it. There could have been a key in it. So now he's in a race with a bunch of 97 Range Rovers. Great year for the Range Rover. We, we, we can't watch this. We can't. You're right. Yeah, long, but I do want to note that it ends with a huge explosion, and then the very next shot transitions into a baby's butt showering. Yeah. Why are they showering is my question. They've got they to got, stop they World War they, they have, have to breathe all over them. They have to stop World War Three. Well, why is that we, baby's butt standing in the shot? You know what I'm talking about? When yeah, they're I know showering what you're off about. to the right, because that just... baby's being bathed. But it's they're at just the bathing so, sector so of the totally tiny community. Weird. You go action <laughs> sequence, and then there's just a baby's butt showcased. Well, more so than action sequence followed by baby's butt, I did think tonally it was an odd choice to have that explosion and not sort of see a follow up explosion. So what happens is they ride a motorcycle. By the way, if anyone's listening to this, like... At this point. At this point. Mm. Thank you. Uh, but the... <laughs> I love just trying to explain this. They There is a helicopter with the blades trained down at them. Mm-hmm. All right? Like... Uh, could, yeah. Would would bring down the helicopter in an instant. Yes. I'm sure, touching, touching I'm sure John Landis finds this scene uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, oh, hey. They... Uh, they they slide their motorcycle under the blades, uh-huh. take a clothes hanger, whip it up at the tail rotor, mm-hmm. and then obviously the helicopter then just spins in on itself and explodes. And then I think his 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 quip to her afterwards, he's like, "You uh, uh you were pretty good with that hook." And she's like, "I grew up in a rough neighborhood, yeah, where we hit each other with hooks and helicopters came at yeah, us all the time." But we're just there's a very strange cut here. So he takes this, throws it up on the rotor blade. David Arnold's pumping. Yeah. I had no idea how clearly those were dummies until just oh, now. Oh, I didn't see. <laughs> Watch the men in the... Uh, I've never seen a shot like that in a movie. Until just, just now. I don't know why I'm trying to land that any better. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. Anyway, here. Yeah, they take refuge in that well. Yeah, now, guys, pay attention to it inside the cockpit of the helicopter. Not this shot. Second to last shot. Real people. Uh, dummies. <laughs> they just, like, their, their hands, hands are at their limp. side. Yeah, <laughs> their wh- are just, what? Their Why hands are just there. They're like die. store mannequins, even. I, oh uh, I'm going to screenshot that. Okay. Waiting to die. <laughs> Second shot. Yeah, they don't seem too concerned at all. That they're about huge to. explosion. They duck under the water. Fade out. Fade, fade to black. Fade out. And then just. And then there's that baby ba- you're talking oh, about. Heinz a baby ass. <laughs> but uh, I don't know why they're showering. But, but it's, just pause it. It's 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 bre- very seemingly sexual on the left. He's got his shirt off. There's sunlight coming through. 
there's something very sensual about it. And then you see a baby's butt and the two, it's just, that, that <laughs> yeah, is, I think they're just perfect metaphor for think, the Barad Brosnan films. I right? think they're trying to establish that this is the, the bathing sector of this little shantytown. I think they're Where trying everyone that. bathes. Yeah, but... Uh, if, yeah, so, if Paul Verhoeven directed yeah. this, there would be just naked women all around <laughs> bathing each other. So she 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 leaves Bond uh, at the thing so that we can have a three minute John Woo esque kung fu scene, yeah. scene because again very popular at the time. Sure. Uh, when was Jackie when did, Chan? When did Crouching Tiger come out? Later. Okay. Oh, really? But uh, this would be like remember Rumble in the Bronx came out in like ninety five, ninety six. That was like a big deal. Everybody's doing their own stunt situation. That was right. a huge deal. Yeah, it seems like it seems. Like, I mean, it's, I even feel like that that little trend happens today, where you know, like in the Expendable movies, they will just give Jet Li a scene that's mm-hmm. kind of not related to what's yeah. going on to just kung fu some dudes. Yeah, uh, yeah. But she, she, I don't know, she just doesn't quite have the charisma to be justified just for the martial arts stuff. Yes, yeah. I kind of, I don't know, I kind of enjoy the martial good. arts I think she's fight. Good. I think the fighting is very cool. In this what part. I do love is. When Jonathan Price does his fake karate at oh, her. Oh, so racist. Oh, oh my God. So delightfully yeah. racist. He might as well, like, with his index fingers, yeah. pull his eyes yeah. slanty at that moment. That is. Now, what do you think of this scene, as 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 a Bond fan, of of James just hanging around her little compound, uh, <clears throat> playing with stuff? Oh, I like the... I mean, I like... Yeah. I mean, kind of in the same way that I liked that scene where MI6 is sniping against the other agencies. I like seeing, you know, I I mean, I like the idea that she's the Chinese James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, we could just have a movie about her, you know, doing some Chinese stuff. Which I'm sure they would have gone for. Yeah. She's a much more viable character than Jax. I think this is one of the things about this movie. Not Jax. (laughs) I I was thinking of Mortal Kombat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She has a robot arm, right? (laughs) Right. But but, uh, look how the Hmm. keyboard and monitors are all red. Yeah, I thought that was fucking gross. <laughs> or is that just light? No, sure isn't. <laughs> no, he can't type on a on a like keyboard a with Chinese characters. Sure. Type. First, we have to find the boat. So now he's they're in Waylin's Waylin's. What do you call it? Her headquarters, her apartment, yeah, her fortress of solitude. Do you think that James Bond's apartment has any sort of thing like this? Uh, this oh, his reaction there is good though. I like that. That's <laughs> right? pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. For the folks at home, he tapped a, a dragon, dragon head, yeah. which shot fire yeah. out of it. I don't get that this is her home. This is just a station outpost or something. Oh right. Yeah. She's got a collection of fancy watches, yeah. just like him. Yeah. All right. We we can't linger okay. on this too long. Okay. Uh, but this is when he gets the Walther P ninety nine. Yeah, that and he, it carries he, on through the rest of the movies except for Skyfall. Right. Now, he shoots that at the end with a silencer on, and the whole time it's making unsilenced gun noises. Did you notice that? Oh, no, I, yeah. no, I didn't notice. Yeah. Well, he is, he is, at the end of this movie, they're both double gunning. Mm-hmm. They both have two guns that are meant to be held with two hands. Uh, oh, yeah, just the, yeah, sure. Now, this is the, this is the second of the two British offs. <laughs> okay, man. Uh, this is aboard the HMS Bedford. There's the last crusade guy. Under missile attack. Oh yeah, he was the. Uh, the miniatures are great in this. I always love the James Bond miniature work. Derek I also Meddings. I like that the uh, that the miniature guy got a credit in the <laughs> opening 
Did he? Was it, is it Derek Mettings? I forget. Because he did Goldeneye, right? The Goldeneye stuff is so great. Even though you can kind of tell it's a miniature in this by the size of the waves when they're the big stealth boat. It's just so great. I love it. Here's the British shot, everybody. Have you got anything on the radar that looks very small? Uh, lifeboat, periscope, anything? No, sir. Stealth boats, so they have gone mad. <laughs> I love how much they say stealth boat in this. Stealth, stealth boats, boats so they have gone, gone mad. mad. They've gone bloody A bonkers. Boats that no one can see. They've Positively gone bonkers. Absolutely balmy. So, uh... Look at that, look at that. Good shot, right? There's yeah. you. She's good. She's flying up in the air. She's going to kick some people. Yeah. Uh, let's hear... Let's Because we gotta, we, we got to wrap up. Let's jump over to uh, the end b- confrontation between Jonathan Price and, uh, and James Bond. <laughs> You're too late to game, Mr. Bond. It's a bad habit of yours. There's nothing you can do. Uh, James has just seen a label mm-hmm. called Remote dr- Drill uh, Remote Control. Yeah, it, it, right after right after <laughs> Jonathan Price says, there's nothing you can do about it, they go to a shot of a button <laughs> flashing override. Well, I could push this button, it flashes and says it's exactly what it should does. Say, there is something you can do about yeah. it. Override. It's so goofy. Everything is labeled so so plainly. And thanks largely to your efforts, you just say, missile British stop Navy now. will destroy the evidence. And I'll be out of here. In a post-Austin a Powers mo- era, this movie is dead on arrival. This is Austin Powers era. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's post-Austin Powers. Uh, Austin Powers came out in 97? Also. Did it? Yeah. Oh, well, maybe... Well, it, was, it made a salient point then. <laughs> Bring the event. It's going to be a fantastic show. I like how we can operate that without looking at it. Breaking news for you, Elliot. Come on. He's a news guy. Oh, I get that this movie's written. Pretty gruesome. Drill back. Pretty I think gruesome. we all enjoyed the drill the first time. Love it. Yeah, I it's love it. It's a good death. Yeah. Wait. So let's recap. I didn't say there aren't. Like, let's fun recap. Little things. Let's recap all the things we enjoy about this movie, and then recap and all will... the things we don't. <laughs> so obviously he has a fight with the baddie because after you kill after you kill the main bad guy, you always have to fight the henchman. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of weird. Yeah, weird yeah. way it works in yeah. James Bond movies. Because you always forget about the henchman because right. you killed the main guy. This uh, is the least memorable henchman movie yes. ever. So uh, at the end of this movie, uh, everything's happy. They, he's on a boat. Oh, he wants to be left on the boat uh, or on the wreckage so he can fuck Waylon, mm-hmm. which is the James Bond way to go. Don't get rescued where you can fuck on a bed. Yeah, fuck in the most, fuck in the most uncomfortable place you are. Yeah. Which in this case happens to be the wreckage of a stealth boat. <laughs> Uh, I think James Bond, I mean, has done so much fucking. At this point, he probably can't get it up unless it's in a crazy yeah, situation. Yeah. He probably just can't go yeah. to dinner or a movie. And, like, yeah. he needs to smell sulfur of gunpowder right. to he get an erection. Have, yeah, the original he needs to have a rifle trained on him. him. Yeah. yeah, he fucks wounds. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, He's a wound fucker. <laughs> they, they, and then the movie ends, everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. Except for Matt Gorley. Well, why, why did they need to cover up carver's death why couldn't they say this is this guy carver he did all this why did they need to say he it was a suicide 
uh, for come up themes. In, come up in themes. They need to have, the movie needs themes. And I'm what sure is, there's a lot of stuff out there, can, Matt, that we don't understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me let me put it to you this way, so I don't seem like a negative Nancy. All right. What's your least favorite Bond movie? This is a question I get frequently. Is it? And I think it is Die Another Day. Okay. And you don't... I have more fun watching Die Another Day than I do with this. This movie just isn't no, fun no, to No, no, no. I get so angry at Die Another Day. Oh. I get so angry because of the time... It came out in 2002, okay? Mm-hmm. It came out at a time where we knew how to make really awesome movies as a people. Like, mm-hmm. it came at a well, time... We weren't, we, 1997 wasn't the 20s. 1997 was... But this is very much of that era of products. Of, you know. <laughs> so, what I'm saying is they... They put in the time. They made a film like Goldeneye. They made a film like Tomorrow Never Dies. The world is not enough. Is while not great, is fine. It's fine. That's its problem. It's fine. Uh, and then Die Another Day, which was the twentieth James Bond movie. It was supposed to be this huge, great, awesome nod to the past kind of a thing. And uh, they fucking blew it at every turn in that mm-hmm. movie. That movie for me has zero enjoyable moments. Like that movie has no. There's no scene I can point to that's like uh, like him at Oxford with Aston Martin or like him in the car with M and Money Penny and Robinson. Like mm. there's no there's there that movie has none of those scenes. It that has movie, a couple for me, I guess. Well, for me, there's there's nothing enjoyable. That one has a fucking sword fight with Madonna. <laughs> yeah. That one Wait, has Madonna's in the movie. Yeah, I've never seen that one. Oh my oh, god, yeah, it's rough. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm not defending that movie. I'm just that saying, has, at least it's so bad that I'm in, I am enjoying it. This one is is just this. I, oh, but I, check I feel out. like this one is so much better than that one. Mm. And I also feel like this one is a lot better than people are giving it credit for. And people specifically, I mean, my other Matt. And when people say this is uh, in some ways a return to classic Bond, that I'm may be why I have a problem with it, though, but because it's such a mediocre version of that that it takes a step backwards to me. And 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 considering the style and the tone shifts, it, it is to me the most mediocre and the worst of the Bond. I would films. argue that the tone doesn't shift as much as you think it shifts. I would argue that you're absolutely I think, wrong. I think there is a tone for the movie, yeah. and that tone is 1997 action movie. <laughs> well, maybe that's it my problem. Fucking maybe nails that, that tone. genre or that that era. But the 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 good thing is next week is Diamonds Are Forever, and I love that movie. I love that movie. So I, I don't want you to think I'm going to be complaining. I enjoy watching Diamonds Are Forever, uh-huh. but it's a piece of shit. Oh, it's a wonderful piece of shit, though. Yeah. And we're starting to get into an era of Bond films that I just adore, and those those early moors. And, yeah. Uh, and, uh, we're also getting into an era of this podcast where we are now doing them day of. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, this has got to be so the closest the recording one... to release. Like, do we want to talk up? Speaking of the news, it's topical. We can talk about topical events because it'll go out today. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Uh, Did you hear a boat of of British sailors were murdered off the coast? British sailors murdered? <laughs> Did you leak this? Everyone's going to be up in arms. <laughs> uh, Jordan, what is your what is your opinion on the movie? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think I I think I think I sit in the middle. Uh, in that the I'd say that. You know, it's funny because I def- I watched this movie in two distinct halves. Here's what I did: I got I yeah. ordered the disc from Netflix when when uh, when we set this up. Sure, it came broken. <laughs> uh. You mean it was perfectly functional? The movie itself. Yeah. So and I'm like, this is this yeah. can't be the movie. This is probably a dirty disc oh, or something. Oh, that is so metaphorical. Uh, so I went on the PlayStation Network to try and rent it. Uh-huh. PlayStation Network was down. Oh. Uh, so funny. I I 
I, I do not like to steal from the internet. I, I, That's I, nice. uh, I, I, you know, you tried, you tried to get it through legal. Means. I tried to, so yeah. I, I just went on uh, Daily Motion and watched it in two chunks with Chinese subtitles. By sure. the way, ah, so, best way to do it. Yeah, so, uh, so I definitely watched it in two halves and definitely felt like that second half I just enjoyed because you're right, it is a '90s action movie, mm-hmm. and yeah. those, have, you know, for all their stupidity. Uh, yeah. There's a you know they're fun. They're yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. And they're you know kind of they're inventive in their you know in their action. And you know like I definitely have a soft spot for Face Off, Con Air, The Rock, etc. Yeah, etc. Yeah. Et et yeah. So this kind of reminded me of that. And and you know like and Pierce Brosnan has his moments. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but I thought the first half was so goofballs and seemed like a parody of Bond movies. And then the second half just seemed like this other kind of movie that. Is maybe a little bit forgettable, but yeah. has a lot of fun. You, moments, you might so. be better off watching this in two halves because I think the first half does spoil it for me so much that I it taints the second half. Yeah, I should, next time I watch it, it, just watch. Whereas I feel like just go on Daily Motion, search Tomorrow Never Dies Part Two. But I feel like I feel like the first half of the movie. I I feel like if you gave me final or gave me this movie in a format where I could cut it. I could edit this into your favorite James Bond movie. No way. I could, and no. I accept the challenge. I will be doing. <laughs> I, I accept week. you to do that challenge, but I'll be honest with you. I just don't want you to do all that work for nothing. <laughs> for nothing. Because I feel like there is there are some scenes where it drags too much. Uh, you know, first thing that comes to mind is the underwater bullshit. Yeah. I always find underwater but I'm, scenes I'm boring. I'm well gone by that point. Well, Wasn't that the whole premise of Thunderball is like, what if James Bond went underwater? Yeah. 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 Oh, we found out. Yeah. A big nap. <laughs> As in Moonraker, what if he goes to space? Well, yeah. that one's great. Here's maybe also why I didn't like Bond that much as a kid is because one day my, my dad was at the video store and he called and said, well, what do you want me to get from the video store? And I said, uh, Moonwalker. Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. <laughs> no, <laughs> and my dad brought back Moonraker oh, because he misheard me. Oh, and I was so, so disappointed. Oh, I just God. wanted to see Michael Jackson turn into a spaceship. Oh, oh I love that story. Oh, Jesus. Um, one thing we should cover is that this movie ends with a tribute to Cubby Broccoli because this yes. is when oh, he sure. passed away. And I think we should pay our respects to that wonderful, wonderful man. Cubby. Thank you for having the foresight. Even in these movies, I thank <laughs> you for what. Thank you for having the foresight to make lovable, these movies. Lovable, lovable man. Give us a big hug. Come here, Cubby. Come here. Oh. Now go make us some pasta in mass. <laughs> That's what he loved in, doing. In Tunisia. He loved watching there, the circus there. set up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Baby, but Kabibble, I'm Cubby Broccoli. <laughs> uh, so I guess what I'm saying is. I think this is the best Pierce Brosnan James Bond movie. Uh, I think it's the worst James Bond movie. Yep, that's where we are on this. And I know I that I know that's fine. not a popular. Mind you, I haven't. Maybe I'll change my <laughs> mind when I rewatch Golden. I haven't rewatched that in a while, but yeah. I think just for where it was. Mind you, again, I was 14 years old when this movie came out. So this movie hit me in that sweet spot of where Octopussy hit you. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. What do? Uh, I'd like to take the temperature of, of mm-hmm. James Bond nerds. Mm-hmm. What, which, what, what do they think is the worst James Bond movie? Is there a consensus? Probably Die Another Day. I think. Uh, yeah. Some, but some, if you go earlier, a lot of there's a lot of dislike for uh, Moonraker. And View to a Kill. And View to a Kill. Yeah. Which, which I also Are feel is like I find very enjoyable. Yeah, me too. And I think like the more we talk to people, the more people have a real soft spot for View to a Kill, which yeah. I'm very encouraged about. Yeah, because everybody we know is between the ages of yeah. 30 and 43 years old. Yeah, <laughs> and we're just prime viewing <laughs> age when that came out. 
Um, but yeah, Jordan, thank you yeah, for yeah, uh, thanks for having me. This show. was a lot of fun. Uh, you can check Jordan out on uh, on Twitter at Jordan Morris, correct? Uh, at Jordan underscore Morris. Jordan underscore Anything Morris. Anything else you'd like to plug? Oh uh, yeah, well, I've, I've got a podcast. It's called Jordan Jesse Go. You Great can find podcast. it in iTunes. You could find it at maximumfun.org. Both of the mats have been on it. Yep. That's right. So those yes. would be good places for you to start yeah. if you enjoy this show. Great. Uh, thank you for being on our show. Thank you. For- uh, people, I get a lot of tweets, people asking me what the other Matt's Twitter handle is. Me? Yeah. Oh. So what I'm saying right now is it's Matt Gorley, <laughs> M-A-T-T-G-O-U-R-L-E-Y. Follow him at Matt Gorley. Oh. He's the uh, he's our he's our he's my better half, if you will. That's true, and you're I mean, my better half. He's got not great opinions about this movie. That's true, but I find that he's pretty spot on with the rest of his opinions. I'm gonna say I think you guys have a real fun dynamic. <laughs> we do. We do. I like uh, this a lot. I like you the know contention. It, it was really fun for me. It's a happy marriage, and we just yeah. have this one sticking point because yeah. we really it. do agree yeah, on, on everything almost everything but this movie. On almost everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Follow the podcast at James Bonding Pod. Uh, you can follow me at Matt Meyer, M-A-T-T-M-I-R-A, yes, but mostly Matt Gorley. No. The, uh, uh, and uh, we'll be back. We James Bonding will return in Diamonds, Diamonds are, are Forever. <laughs> Diamonds are forever. We are just waiting for Douglas Benson to nail down a time. Uh, and that'll And hopefully, that'll I don't out. want to speak too soon, yeah. but my schedule is now pretty... Well, relatively open, so we should be able to get these things. You say as yeah, I as yeah. I start back on work next week. Oh <laughs> Christ! All right. uh, yeah, thank you guys for thank you everybody. Katie, Mighty Penny, Katie. finally made her return yes. to the podcast. We've been doing it solo for a little while. Uh, thank you to Katie uh, for sitting through a uh, what's the what's the time code at right now? I just want to. Jesus. Two hours and seven. Longest episode seven. yet. Longest episode yet. I think. Yes. I think Yay, so. Yes. I feel like I won something. Uh, that was uh, eight minutes longer than the movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. We Bye. will see you again. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, (laughs) Jazos. Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.